bananas. Welcome into another episode of Banana Land. I'm here again today. It's me, your host, Salon Kosi, episode 15. I'm here with my dad. Hello. Introduce yourself to the audience. Hello, I'm Sal's dad. Also Sal Nicosia. How many Sal's Nicosias are there in a row? Holy crap. He's, uh, you're like the one, two, three. You're the fourth. The fourth. All right. So there's a couple of us going around. No, no more. There's only two of us. Well, (laughs) whoever. A couple in line. Go ahead. But I want you to talk to me today a little bit about... um, Wait for you to make one. Yeah, well, who knows? Um, I want you to talk to me a little bit today about you and what you did in your life, and I think we're going to get to that. And and I want you to tell me a little bit about your elevator experience. I started in the elevator business in 1980. Uh, How'd you get into that? Because you were an automotive guy. You loved cars, yeah, I was you always, loved racing yeah. cars, and then you got into elevators. What was that like? I'm a motorhead since I was, I don't know. I don't know. Since, uh, I don't know. Since you were a kid. Yeah. yeah. Bicycle. Well, I got off a bicycle, and then I wanted engines, motors, fast, go. Anyway, did that for a lot of years, a bunch of years, and then uh, I had an opportunity to do a few things. I came where I grew up. It was more civil service-minded people, you know, were cops, firemen, garbage men, wise guys, whatever. And very few went to college, but at that time, that's what it was, right after Vietnam, which I missed by the skin of my teeth. But anyway, when the elevator business, I had two uncles that were in that business. They were longshoremen. They were longshoremen at first, and when things got bad on the docks, they were out of work, and a good friend of my grandmother, God rest her soul, his name was Huey Cuff, he was the president, he became the first president of Local One, not the first one, but the one I knew, and uh, he lived in Staten Island, and they were looking for guys, because that's the way the industry was. It ran in 10 year cycles, 12 year cycles, you had a lot of buildings going up, then you had nothing. Well, not nothing, but... Less. Less. Yeah. Exactly. And then what happened, the elevator business is a very diversified business. You know, you could be in construction, just maintenance of them. There's, there's repair of them. They would get repaired. There's repair work. Whatever. And uh, when I got in, I really liked it because I was a car mechanic. I, I like to fabricate things. I like to build things. And that's what it was. You had a steel, you could make the stuff they needed to put out, install elevators. And I learned as I went along, but they liked what I could do because I already had talents when I got in. A lot of the guys got in, didn't have much. You know, they worked in a pizzeria and then they handed them a, a torch or, or, or a welding stick. I had no whatever. fucking idea what they They had no idea. So they had to learn. I mean, it's, it's nothing against them. And at the same time, all this was going on, they started a school. The union and the federal government got involved with the trades. They saw the trades were going to get big again. So they wanted to get it right. And it was a good thing. It's it's a lot like what they're doing now in Jersey now where uh, they have, the state has an apprenticeship program. Yeah, oh, greatest thing they ever did. Because years before that, before my time, you know, guys worked heavy, heavy construction. I mean, the buildings went up anyway. 
It's like the pyramids did too. But they were some guys were ex-convicts. They come out. They were nuts. They were crazy. They were alcoholics, mostly alcoholics. Well, back then they had heroin addicts. You know, heroin's been around for a hundred years. Yeah, since 150. the fucking opium crisis. Right. So in, whatever. In fucking sixteen hundreds. But you weren't getting the cream of the crop. No, you guys, you were getting guys that were doing the job, and that's it. Yeah, they come in, they do, you know, whatever. It was a different world altogether. And now I get into that, and between the pay, the money, the benefits, the this, the that, I could have been, in, and I was looking at NYPD. They were making sub, sub low salary. And the crap they put up, what I was about to do. That's the kind of job you got to want to do. And I wasn't letting nobody push me around like that. So I just decided it wasn't a good fit for me. So I did that, and I still stayed in the car business on the side. I always had a big red toolbox, along with a lot of elevator tools. <laughs> 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 then I, then I left paint wrench is still hanging up in a garage. Yeah, I got a couple of them. And some other stuff. Whatever. I made a good living. I wasn't as happy because things evolved and big companies took over, which is just progress. Well, that's, part of, that's part of the evolution of yep. any industry. Yep, absolutely. And they just came in and they went from being, we made it a fun job to do. We had a good time and they cut all that out. Well, tell me... Less about the cutting out, because that's no fun. Okay. Talk to me about the fun. What kind of fun did you have on the job? Well, you had a different, <laughs> you had a different bunch of people, bunch of guys. You know, I know alcohol and working is not a good, not a good mix, especially yeah. in heavy construction. It's not. It's just not. But with us, we had guys who knew how to handle it. It's different generation, I guess. I grew up in a neighborhood. There was a bar every other corner. I, I, not every other, every corner. Yeah. I mean, you went to church on Sunday after church was over. You went to the bar, right? I mean, not all, not everyone. My father was not a drinker, at all. But my other side of the family were. But so anyway, well, people enjoy. They socialize. This is yes, how, this is how communities communities were grown in Staten abs- Island like that. Absolutely, know, for a lot of that time. And that's what I that's what I started missing because communities in Staten Island were getting integrated by new immigrants. Let's just put it that way, and. You didn't mix. The mix was tough. It was a hard transition period. Yeah, it was, you know, it was getting to... forced on, felt like we got, it was getting forced down our throats, but whatever. So you, plus you get older, you start wanting, wanting different things. I met Sal's mom. We were, we were great together for many years. And we did, anything we could touch, we worked hard. Worked hard together. Anything we touched, we, we could do. Now you guys didn't live in New York very long. You moved to Jersey, you know, pretty early on. Uh, let's see. We got married. Yeah, I got in business in '83, uh, 1983. I'm sorry, 1980. We got married, I think, in '83. And then it was a two-hour. And hour... then by '88, we were out of Staten Island. Right. So, and then it was the two-hour commute each way, and it was the whole nightmare scenario. You know, when you, you bite off more, you can chew stuff. I came down here for two reasons. My in-laws were down here, and my parents were upstate New York. But we lived in Staten Island. We had the best of both worlds. Every weekend, where you want to go? You want to go to the shore? You want to go to the country? We, it was really good right. times. Right. Because we were both working. Money was good. And we, we just were enjoying life. But we were also trying to get pregnant. We wanted... 
to have family, you know. Yeah, you guys really waited around for me, huh? 12 years. Well, that's a long wait for because what you got. We didn't know, but unfortunately, Mama had some problems. Well, you know, this, that's is, life. this is life. Uh, absolutely. You know? Nobody's fault. It's just the way it goes. So my father, God bless him, loved my loved Caroline to death, like his daughter, took her out to Manhattan every week, I think it was, and put all kinds of fertility doctors, blood tests. He wouldn't let her take the bus. He wouldn't let her take the ferry. He No, 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 no. I'll take her. <clears throat> he used to take time off from what he was doing and take her. And it, life was good. Life was really good. What about the, what about the job? You having fun on the job? Oh yeah, back then. Tell yeah. me some stories about this job. Because I learned. Well, first of all, the most important thing I had fun doing. I learned new skills. I learned things on a much bigger scale, from fixing cars to this. I thought it was amazing how cranes worked, how elevators worked. I was like, what the hell? I mean, like everybody else who don't know anything about elevator, you just get in, push the button, it goes. No. There's a lot, a whole lot more than that. And back then, it was, it was a small company. It was Westinghouse Elevator, which was uh, a mom. Basically, in that realm, was a mom and pop shop. Yeah. They made washing machines, dryers, white Westinghouse. Right. They made washing machines, dryers. Elevator division was just a little part of them. And compared to the other uh, the other industry leaders they were a, a small fish small, in a big pond right and it it was great for a long time we worked hard made a, you know money for the company once you got you know as a union member and then our president just to say just give him a fair day's work for a fair day's pay we'll take care of the rest we'll negotiate your contract to so a pretty straight up pretty legit even to the end of my career but things happen Anyway, um, it was great. I learned how to weld differently. Big, big welding stick, uh, burning, because we had no, um, what do you call it? Cut the metal. Uh, plasma torch. No plasma. We used, we used torches. And you would be amazed, some of the guys we had. We had I worked with a guy who was, he, he was in the United States Army CB. This guy could cut a piece of metal. Half inch thick, looked like you cut it with a hacksaw from a torch. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about. That's very difficult to do. I'm sure. It, it, a nice, it, clean, straight line with a got, torch. Yeah, it's, it's a matter of how blue you make the flame, how, how long you weigh, how fast you go. It's talent. He also taught me how to uh, weld. Right. A couple of guys did. And I, I, I thought I'd do a pretty good job. They, I guess they did too because they kept me where I was. And went job to job. What Learned. kind of jobs did you work on? You worked on Trump Tower. You worked yep, on yep. a lot Re of places. A lot of residential work. We did a lot of residential apartment buildings. Uh, we did hotels and, you know, corporate office buildings. Right, office buildings and shit. Yeah. Tell me the story about Trump Tower because I know that's something that, you know, I heard something as a I'll kid. never forget. Right. Well, the, the tower went up and I was, I was somewhere else. I was, I was downtown, all the way downtown. Um, uh, I started at 805 3rd Avenue, then I went to 40, um, 45 and 55 Broadway. There were two jobs next to each other. There was two buildings that went up. And we, the same gang, we call ourselves gangs, yeah. 
and the foreman. Crew, crew of guys. And we stayed together on both jobs. And I was down there when Trump Tower was starting on the second one, second job. And then as they, it was a big job. It was big. Trump Towers got had a lot of units in it. We call them units, elevators, escalators. They didn't have moving sidewalks then, but they had them in, the, I think, in the airports or something. But anyway, we were doing all that. Then uh, during the course of that Trump Tower job, they moved guys in and out because like, they wanted to get it done because he lived there. The residential part of it, because there's a, there's a whole mall and high-end Gucci stores and Yeah, stuff. there's all yeah. kinds of stuff going well, on that, in the face. Gorgeous level. place. Yeah. Gorgeous. I mean, marble, gold, whatever. Yeah, he really, he, he didn't spare any expense. Yeah, it, it sounds gaudy, but the way they did it, it was gorgeous. It good. I've been in that building a few times. It's really, it's yeah. very, it's very New York. You, oh, yeah. You walk in oh, that yeah. building, Absolutely. you go to New York, you got to go see Trump Tower. It's just, it's just part of the. Just walk in the lobby, uh, walk, I haven't been there in years. When I, when it first was done, you walk through it. <laughs> brass, it brass handrails, marble floors. I mean, it's, it's really the, uh. You know. Epitome of New York, right. right? Yep, it was great. You know, they had uh, it was an amazing building. Not only what it looked like, the way it was built. Because if you look at it, the setbacks, it looks like a birthday cake, and you know the levels, mm-hmm. the setbacks, the little cutbacks, and then it goes up and up again, up again. It gets narrower toward the top. Amazing the how they did it, how they designed it, engineers. And it was a good job. So we came in there toward the, well, middle, I was in there, in and out, middle to the end. But toward the end, they were going to start opening up the building. They had one elevator that went from the lobby right into his apartment, which is the top, which is the penthouse. And everything was going well. It was installed. We had it running, the whole nine yards. But the geniuses didn't realize it had a separate what they call motor room that was apart from the rest of them that ran the building and it was we called it a birdhouse motor room one machine one everything by itself and they mounted it on the roof it was was on steel steel beams closed enclosed perfect done they didn't realize there was nothing enough overhead we call it so they had to make the car, the the cab itself, a certain size, a standard size. Mr. Trump is over six feet something. Yeah, six three, six four. Well, better, than, better than he looks on TV. He's a little, he's a little bigger guy than you take him for. Right. So he never forget it. The first I was happy to be there it was a Saturday. The first day he was taking a ride on this thing, but we had run it a thousand right. times. Right. He gets on and he goes, ducks his head just a little bit because he's got that nice head that we. Oh, yeah. Can't, can't mess that up. So he ducked his head, got in, pushed the button, got to the top, doors open. It's okay, when we going? We're here. That's how well that car was put, all right. the cars in that building were put in. Because right. we used to take pride in our work. Sure. Those rails, we used to, we used to line them with airplane wire. What the fuck? Pia- what piano that? wire. What that, you ever see piano wire? Yeah, 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 yeah. We used to drop it from certain levels. Oh, to make it... To make it per- perfectly plumb. plumb. Right. We used to tell the iron workers how to pull the building. If they were going out of whack, we had the elevators had to be perfectly plumb, right. top to bottom. Right. I mean, with within with precision. Yeah. Within a sixteenth of an inch. Sure. 
Because you know, a piano you, wire, you, you can do that. Now you get on an elevator, you start going up. And as soon as it hits its speed, you feel it doing right, side to side. Moving around. Just they don't give a crap no more. Right. Get it in. They kicked but it. What in. happened with him bending, bending his head over? Well, he didn't like it. He didn't like it. Right. Well, he, he was a little upset. Know. But so he went to what they, they call a closeout meeting. And this is when the final payments are made to the elevator company, to every trade. Right. So he's all right, I'm happy with this, I'm happy with this. He's happy with mostly everybody. And he starts paying everybody, so to speak. They don't actually write checks. Right, right, right. They're people do it. Contracts finished, and that's it. So he turns around to my boss. I wasn't at the meeting, of course. He said to him, uh, what can we do about my uh, my my car, my elevator? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I, I don't like it. He said, I got a, I got a little problem with it. He's, he's, he's a very his, particular man. But he's he's got to bend his head over it. But again. he's a very reasonable guy. Right. He under, this, understands the logistics. Yeah. Can this be fixed? Can this be... He's, he looked at him. <laughs> he almost fell off the jazz. Are you kidding me? Now? <laughs> well, it's the first time I wrote it, and I don't like it. Well, you're talking about a lot of money. Right. you got to take it all apart. The machine room has to be... Uh, you got to set up a crane on the roof, take it apart. Put spread everything out on the roof, cover it with plastic in case it rains. Right, the whole thing. Take the elevator out of the shaft, make the ropes long, make the cables longer, the whole shit. Well, he says, okay. I'm asking you, can it be done or not? He says, yeah, but it's going to cost. I don't care. He says, you tell me, give me a date when it can be done by. So he went back to the drawing board to engineers for the elevator. We got to do this, 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 and that. Well, you're talking time and labor, you know. Right, you're talking money. You're talking a lot of money. Right. He don't give a fuck, though. Now you got to bring iron workers in, us in. Right. Like trades got to come back in and Not adjust all the whole situation. Electricians, certain people. Right. He says, here's a check. It's blank. Get it done. And that's what we did. They worked around the clock, around the clock, for, I'd say, about three months or four months. And everybody got a everybody got a shot at it, you know. Different, you know. Give some because that's what it was, you know. Gotta be back then. We used to take care of each other. Shop steward would have a list of overtime and say, "Okay, all right, you got X amount of hours. Let's give something to any bots. Let's give something. This guy's got kids, whatever." And that's how it got done. Well, he was very happy at the end. Very happy. That was and during the process, my boss would stay in touch with him. There's a story, I don't know how true it is. I think it's from a pretty reliable source. And um, he said to him, Well, he said, I appreciate what you guys did. And he, he was very generous. Mr. Trump, very generous man. So, joke, in a joke, he said, Well, what can I do for you? My boss says, I don't know, you guys don't know this car, but it's a, it was a Datsun. 280Z. That was a hot car, man. That was, was like a. It looked like a Bricklin. Or a, it was the original. It was the original design that inspired the Nissan 350Z. Ego. That you see in That's like it. TV and movies. And That's stuff it. And his wife, my boss's wife, loved that car. He couldn't afford that car, he, and he and he made good. My boss made good money. So joking, I said, "Oh, my wife likes that car." He says, "Yeah, you know." He says, "Oh yeah, what color?" Blue or green, whatever he said. <laughs> he goes, yeah, he blew it off. Well, cut everything said and done. 
couple months, weeks, not even months, weeks later, he comes on the job. Now, he didn't, he went to the foreman, and I was the steward for the union. And we're in the shanty talking, he says, you're never going to guess what happened. My wife called me the other day, before we had cell phones. She says, honey, <clears throat> a, car, a car carrier came here the other day, this morning, knocked on the door, he said, this is your car. I got something for you. And it had pulled her up, put it in the driveway, had a bow on it. Thank you very much for your effort and your professionalism and blah, blah, blah. Gave her the card. She looked out the window, and there's the car sitting there. Well, she almost passed out. They almost, they, she thought she was going to have to call an ambulance because she didn't think she would get it off the floor. Calls her, she, she says, you're full of shit. Come on, don't play. She says, well, you better get your... He got on the Long Island Railroad, went home, and there's the car. She was afraid to even go near it. She wouldn't even open the door because actually bought him a car. This is in line with the UPS guy too, right? Um, I think that UPS incident happened after that. What was that about? Well, the UPS incident that I know is true, his mom was still alive. Trump's mother. Yes, Miss uh, Donald's mother. I don't, I don't remember her name, but and uh, they should come to the building because it was Dallas was up and running she, to the apartment visit, I guess. Right. He was married to Ivana, I think, at the time. Who knows? The first one. I believe that was her name. Well, she was a real witch. Oh, I'll tell you a story about her with that building. Oh, but anyway, the mom gets out of the limo. Driver gets opens the door. She gets out. She got her little purse. She looked like a little bit like Queen Elizabeth, you know, one of them kind of ladies. <laughs> <laughs> she gets out of the car. Guy comes running across the sidewalk, knocks her down, grabs the pocketbook and runs. The limo driver, he, he was like, he was stunned. He didn't know, he didn't have a chance to bat his eye when it happened so fast. As he's running down the street, I don't know, a couple blocks, not even a uh, hundred feet down. There's a UPS driver sitting in the truck going to make a delivery. He sees the guy run. He sees the whole thing. He saw the whole thing. Jumps out of the truck, tackles the guy, throws him down on the sidewalk. Now, back then, people gave a shit about people. They called the cops. There was no cell phones. Guy in the stores. Holy shit, look at it. Calls the cops. Cops show up. They get the purse, the pocketbook, gives it back to him. Mama Trump. And he don't even know who this woman is. No, he right. had no idea. He street. had no idea what he did. All he right. see was a lady got knocked on a sidewalk right. and ran. the guy ran away with the pocket. I think that's an important point to make. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, he finds out about this. What happened? A UPS driver did this. Really? He calls UPS. He gets in touch with UPS. You had a driver in this area at this time, blah, blah, blah. However he pulls the strings, finds out who the guy is. Now, the guy just happened to be a young guy working for UPS, just bought a house, had one or two little girls or boys, whatever, on Staten Island. Had a heavy mortgage. He's out there busting his hump like everybody else. Yeah. Gets in touch with the bank. You got so-and-so's mortgage with you? Yeah. Well, we can't give that information, blah, blah, blah. No, I, this is Donald Trump himself calling. Could you please give me 
I don't want any of his personal information. I want to know what the balance is on his mortgage. Like, well, well, you know, I'm not supposed. Whatever he gets, he gets around. He gets his information. He gets. I mean, he's he got his way of talking. Sure, whatever. sure. Big business guy like that. Come on. Next thing you know, he goes to make a mortgage payment. The guy, they kick it back. What's the matter? Your mortgage is paid off. Why are you trying to make a payment? You know, that was when you had to go to the bank. Right. Or whatever. Or, there was no paying on your phone, yeah, yeah, on the computer, yeah, none of that shit. Walk to the bank. We can't take your money. What are you talking about? I got to pay my mortgage. You don't have one anymore. Right. Your mortgage is gone, pal. You know that little old lady that fell on the sidewalk? <laughs> her name was Trump. And her, her son, Donald Trump, took care of your mortgage. That was one incident. He's done that a, a handful of times from what, more than what a handful. I've heard. More than a handful. He's helped more people than you could ever imagine. What about these other stories? What about the lady who uh, had the dog that left all the oh, money on the dog? that was... Uh, what was her name? The Queen of Mean, they used to call in the newspaper. Her husband was the hotel type. Hemsley. Hem yeah. Hemsley Spear. Harry Hemsley was another multi-millionaire who lived in Manhattan, had a lot of real estate in Manhattan. He owned hotels all around Central Park. And she was a witch. She was rough. She was known. She used, to, she used to like almost physically hit people. Chambermaids, shit like that. She'd go in the kitchen, throw things at people. She, oh, was, so she was She was on, she was oh, torqued up. You no, know, she was a little more torqued. She thought her shit didn't think. Well, naturally. Whatever. She ended up going to jail for tax evasion. Yes, she did. For a little short time. For her time. Meanwhile, poor Harry was a little older than her. You know, he still had his uh, hand on the throttle, so to speak, with all his investment. Sure. His yeah, with his business earnings and his all. But he had a lot of people. Sure. Well, that's all those kinds of people, you know. But being the wife, she had a lot to say. And they used to shit. They used to jump. He used to say, shit. they say, what color? Jump, how high? They, they would do it. Well... I came to a crashing halt when that happened, but I had I had to run in with her personally. And I was doing one of her elevators, and she didn't like the way, oh, we were storing the, the, the trash outside, the panels we cut up. You can't do this. You can't do that. It was the winter. She said, that's an outside restaurant. I said, who the? I said, lady, first of all, who are you? I had no idea. It's like she's wearing a I wasn't trying bag. to be disrespectful or, or an a-hole. I just said, who are you? I own this building. I said, okay. So I'll throw you out of here right now. You're fired. I said, you can't fire me. I don't work for you. She looked at me like, are you? I, I said, Wait, you don't understand. I don't know who you are, first of all. You're talking to me the wrong way. I said, nobody talks to me like that. I said, my own parents don't talk to me like that. Well, get out of my building. That'll do. Right. Gladly. Not even a problem. I was well because the job sucked. It was a dirty, filthy, <laughs> shit job in a hundred-year-old fucking building. I didn't want to be there in the first place. Out the door I went. And my partner then, Joey Swingraff, which your mother knows very well, great guy. He comes running out. Wait a minute. Wait, four, uh, there were only four guys on a job, me, him, and the two other guys. We can't. Uh, call. I don't care who you call. I'm not going back in the building. <laughs> Done. Calls a uh, super. This happened. I no problem. Go to another job. So I did. I went to another job. Poor Joey had to stay behind. And he, she was, 
he would view, he didn't care when they found out who she was. It still didn't impress me because you're not talking to me that way. I don't care who you are. Anyway, that was my, in, in the midst of doing that job though, before the incident, we had barricades in the lobby set up and it just happened to be we had to work on something we, under the elevator on planks and all of a sudden one morning, it used to be an a early morning news show called the Today Show. And all the, all the people who used to do that show would stay at that hotel. Right. One day, there's a guy who sticks his head in the elevator shaft with a beard, a, bean, a hat with a beanie on top. It was winter. It was Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise right in your elevator, huh? <laughs> looks at he just, he looks in and he said, you guys know what the fuck you're doing? I said, no, why? I, I got to know what I'm doing to do this? Well, we were hysterical. One of the nicest people I ever met in my life. He was always. We were, he went on and on. He almost went to a routine. Saw Cheryl Teagues. She was a very big model. I, people know, people know who Cheryl Teagues is. Well, she was walking through the lobby, and I guess she had her, uh, her little undies or her shorts were out of, out of, and she's pulling them up. Not under her clothes. She's on top of her clothes with her hand. And she's oh. doing this whole jig, like trying to get a, her, 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 her junk in her, place. Yeah. I was. I mean, Oh, hi. Hi, guys. How are you? She didn't think we seen her. We were like, no, well, shit. how could you not? But she was gorgeous. She was one pretty lady. You know what else is going to be gorgeous? It's when we take this break right now. All okay, right? good. We'll get right back to the episode. Okay, good. Have you been craving even more delusion? Have you ever asked yourself, what if delusional but sports? Have you ever purchased a soccer jersey designed after a banana? I have. If you've done all these things, well... Your niche is hell, and this ad is reaching a very minimal audience. Even if you haven't, why not check out Footy Adieu, considering you already made it this far? Our soccer podcast is full of delusions, and sometimes even sounds like we know what we're talking about. It's an ill-to-weight podcast that talks about European soccer from an American point of view. We're fans who try to be pundits. We're fandits. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Footy Adieu, and listen in wherever you get your podcasts. And pardon our French. And we are back from our break. Hello. And you're talking about adjusting underwear. Oh, all right. well, it was an embarrassing moment for her, but I mean, she didn't realize, but she realized we saw her, but she was beautiful. She had nice, she had a dress on. Classy lady. Oh, absolutely. Sure. From, from, from stem to stern. Sure. Uh, she was really as nice as could be. But then you had other people who used to go. We used to see these people like every other every day. There was different people. They fly them in. They stay there. They get up really early in the morning, and they'd be either going to the show or coming back from it. Because we used to start at eight o'clock. So not only did you work in you know construction, but you got a little view into show business. Didn't you run into Al Roker one time too? Oh, every day. Every day. Him and Katie Couric. I don't know if you guys remember her. People know Katie Couric. She. This what? audience knows Katie Couric. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Oh. You know, Al Roker's still around. I don't know what Katie's Katie, Miss Keurig. Miss Keurig. I remember Mrs. Mrs. And she went through a very rough time. Her husband had colon cancer. Okay. And he suffered for a long time and, and passed on. Nicely. They, they didn't have a limo. They had those Lincolns. Black Lincolns. Town cars and stuff, Yeah, right? town cars. You so, should come take them yeah. to the shows? So you got a little, you got a little view into the entertainment world too. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Local, there was local one elevator, and it was also a local one stagehands. 
Stagehands Union is great. Well, we I've worked, looked into that. Well, I was an elevator guy. I was in the elevators, and we were in Rockefeller Center. We actually did work in Radio City. We we did some work in Radio City Music Hall, and we had a run in with local. We're both local one. Not that it was a big deal, but uh, there was an incident before. Well, I was in the business. But my uncle and some other guys were working over there doing elevator rip-outs. We call them mod jobs. Taking old elevators, putting new ones in. In an existing building that's occupied. Right. So you take one or two out at a time. Right. And it was ugly. Dirty. A lot of hard work because the building's how old. Not only that. It, oh, Rockefeller Center? Yeah. 100 years. Rockefeller built it. Right. <laughs> the, the old man. The first Rockefeller. <laughs> the industrialist. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. So it's old. You breathe it in all kinds of crap. Yeah. Whatever. Everything was asbestos back then. Whatever. Right. That was just the way of the world. So I had this incident with my uncle. One uncle, he was a foreman on that job. And they, uh, and, uh, alcohol was a little more acceptable right. at the time. You mentioned. And uh, you'd have a couple of beers. You'd, so you're on top of an elevator doing something. You know, where are you going to put it? Just throw it down the shaft. Right. It was down into the pit. Well, it got to be a point where couldn't leave them all there. <laughs> so he took a helper, sent them down there, cleaned the pit. So he dump them in a pail. Right, take it Back outside. Back then, you got five cents a can. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, shit. The helper was happy as a pig and shit. He was doubling his pay. <laughs> Doing so many. Anyway, they, get, they go to... Uh, there was a, a bar next to Rockefeller Center. And it was the holidays. And guess who shows up? The local one, stagehands. So they're there taking drinking together for a while. And with that, a bunch of pretty ladies show up. Oh. Guess who they were? Only trouble, I'm sure. Guess who they were? Who's that? The Rockettes. Not all of them. But a handful of the, the Rockettes. Right. Next thing, one thing led to another. Gorgeous women. A lot of alcohol. Guess what happened? Nothing good. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, baby. Oh, right. Oh, they emptied the place. I'm sure. They ran out the door. They beat the living crap out of the, the local one, beat the shit out of local one stagehands. Yeah. <laughs> You're tough guys. We're the tough guys. But my uncle, unfortunately, on the way out, he turns his head, and this one rocket punched him in the oh! side of his head. Right? Uh, uh, it, Knocked him the fuck out. He cold. Fell, he Ice cold. Gone. Falls down on the freaking ground. That was the biggest part of the whole thing. The famous Jim McDonald, who just died last week, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Was out, got knocked out by a rockhead. Wow, <laughs> uh, that went through the entire industry. <laughs> the, whole, the whole union knew about and it. He was the biggest, toughest son of a bitch you want to meet. <laughs> yeah, he had, he had hands on him. I used to say it looked like two 10-pound roast beefs hanging off his wrist. <laughs> they were huge. Right. But whatever. Funny. Those are funny stories. See, they're funny to me. Some, you know, you tell to, These you are know, kinds, this is the kind of shit people don't experience now when they go into work anymore. No, no, it's you know, over. It's, it's a different. Gone. It's a different kind of thing. It's all very stiff. Very, yeah, do what you're supposed to do. Come in, come out. Make your money, go home. Because to get the job done today, it's a whole different experience. It's a whole different education level. It's a whole different... Set. We don't have right. that mindset. We didn't grow up with it. We, some of us did. Now, you worked in Manhattan and you lived in Jersey, right? 
Not in the beginning. Well, I, well, you know, for the majority, majority of the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the majority of the time. What was that commute like? It's horrible. It well, you met for a lot of people on that bus, though. Oh, yeah, but it, it made an unbelievably horrible experience almost tolerable at times. That's the best I could say. Right. Yeah. We had two electricians, myself, another elevator guy, Tom Lindsay, a great guy. But well, he was a connected guy through the company, wound up a maintenance man. Whatever. You don't want to hear a story. Right. Anyway. That's a whole other podcast. It's all nepotism. It was very, all, all the trades in New York with the unions and shit. Well, who's High your uncle? Who's your, who's your brother? Who's your son? Well, you who's know, your who? Yeah. And then you do a favor for me. I do whatever. Right. I'm not going into that. No, but we understand anyway, where you're coming from. Okay. So we all got on this bus every day. And you meet interesting people. Like sometimes you get a guy with a suit and tie on and you say, well, yeah, how you doing, buddy? Where you work? Oh, I work down on Wall Street. I'm downtown. Oh, yeah? What do you do? I'm a stock exchange or whatever. You right, whatever the, whatever oh, the yeah, suit what job is. Oh, yeah, what time you guys start working down here? Nine o'clock. I said, what the hell are you doing on a goddamn bus at five o'clock? Because you assholes, goddamn overachievers. You might not, they might, the trades guys might not even get in. 7 30 at 8 o'clock, couldn't get in. Right. Get off the line. What are you talking about? You can't talk to me like that. Let me tell you something, pal. You don't get off this line, wait for the next bus. You're going to get smacked. <laughs> at the least. At other, yeah. So we had this guy, Wayne Gordon. Nicest guy you want to meet. He was about six foot, built like a. German tank, white hair, premature white. Great. That happens. He had a crew cut and a big beard. Clean Vietnam. House. Fucking clean Vietnam house, veteran. Yeah. He was a medic. He was a medic. Okay. He, was a, he was like a well, an army doctor. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a real doctor. No, an army doctor. Yeah. In the, he saw... Field, he a saw, field medic. He saw bad shit. I'm sure he saw some shit, yeah. So For sure. He came back with this, that, and the other thing. But a nicest, best guy you ever want to meet. So we made this little family on the bus. Yeah. We had all kinds of people. And this one lady, this Puerto Rican lady, she moved down with her husband. One of the nicest people I think I've ever met. And she used to ride the bus with us every day. She used to sit with us. Because Wayne made friends with his wife and four of them made friends. They, they used to go out to dinner and shit. So she used to get on the bus and we didn't know. Wayne knew. He's the only one who knew. And one day we're riding in, and she has a what do you call that? When it, they lock up. Uh, uh, just, just cerebral palsy. Nope. Multiple sclerosis. Seizure. Yeah, there's seizures. Okay. God. Well, whatever it's called. Well, we're, we're going in. We're going into the Lincoln. A medical tunnel. condition. Yeah, but severe. Severe. Yeah. They, they swallow their tongue. Okay. I still don't know what you're talking about. It's a seizure. Most you're talking people, about a seizure. The tongue goes down. Yeah, they throat. lose. Yeah, well, and they can suffocate themselves. Yeah. I'm sitting next to her. I'm on the aisle. She's on the window. Wayne's in the back seat. We call it. We used to call it the uh, the, the rumble seat. Right. Because it was just the, a flat the one bench. Seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a flat back. It was the only seat. That was our spot. Whatever. All of a sudden, I go. She's just twitching and, right. and rolling. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm asleep. I was like, holy shit. I was what's the matter? And I grab her. She's just... Oh, right, she's choked. She's poor lady. Holy shit. Herself. 
I grab my arm, I go around, I grab Wayne, I hit his arm, his leg. With yeah, my yeah, hand. wake him up. I grab him by the knee. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. Gets up, he's like, oh, shit. I never thought this would happen. Get out of the seat. I jump up. He jumps in next to her, pulls her out, puts her on the floor. Yeah. Now the bus driver's aware of what's going on. Oh, well, naturally, he got somebody he on the floor. pulls over the side. He, he, I don't know what he said on his radio. He had radio. Right, right, right. There was four state police. <laughs> God bless the New Jersey State Police. <laughs> Thank God they show up like God that. God huh? bless the New Jersey State Police. And right behind them, two ambulances. Yeah, well, they didn't know what was going on. Oh, they yeah, right. bus so they, they send the cavalry out when they do stuff bus. like that. They yeah. don't know, they yeah, don't yeah, know yeah, what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Thank God. Well, she almost died. Didn't die. No. Thank God. Because he knew what to do. Right. He actually took his finger, put it down, down the throat, throat and pulled pull the, the tongue, tongue out. out. That's fucking crazy. That's so fucking and crazy. And he did it. He did it like. It was oh, nothing. Should be all right. I mean, he put he put bandages on guys all shot in the neck. Ble- right. Bleeding. This was this was light work to him. Well, he you know he. Different on a bus. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sure nothing than what so I'm he, sure it's nothing worse than what he had seen. Oh no, yeah, but but it still rattled his cage. Sure, of course. So especially somebody you know like oh, that yeah. too. Oh yeah, and she you was know? the sweetest lady. Sweet she used to give me recipes. I used to go home and tell your mother, You gotta do something with rice and beans. Well, that's that's a, <laughs> no, but you gotta taste and my partner, Leon, yeah, he was also from Puerto Rico. I remember you talking about him. Oh, I love that guy. I still uh, talk to him once in a while. Great guy. Oh, my yeah. best partner in 26 years, 27 years almost. He was the best guy I've ever worked with. Good. Him hey. and I, we had each other's back every day. He worked on the new World Trade Center, right? Yeah, when I, I was gone by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was after you retired. I was gone. What made you retire from elevators? My physical condition. Your body, right? What's, yeah. what's wrong with you physically here? That, what did you have done to you to, to get back to where you are now? When I first went out, I, first, I started getting hurt. I fell once. You fell once. I don't even know if you know this. But... Well, I know you. I know you broke your foot, and well, I know yeah. you got stabbed in the leg. You're not well, a piece of steel. No. What? You fell once. Where'd you fall? I, I took a 16, 16 foot fall. Your mother don't even know this. Foot. Uh, so two stories. You fell. No, actually one, but it was a high, a high ceiling floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was it, it's called a machine floor. Okay. It was in a. It was in a. Residential building, apartment building, they're usually typicals. We call them typicals. But then you got a, a higher rise because they put the air conditioning units in there. Right, it's, it's for utility. A motor room for a low rise, ele- you got low, medium, high rise elevators. Right. So you had three different motor rooms. Right. So you put all the mechanicals up top in the middle of the building. Oh, okay. And then it, it kept going up. So one day it was really bad out, it was windy. Well, we had like a light uh, snow coming out. So the former, we had radios. Come on down, secure everything, come down. Okay, so I'm securing shit. Pick a piece of plywood got loose. We, we used to work off of planks and plywood. That's what we did. That's how we got the elevators installed. That's another whole story. But anyway, piece of plywood started blowing away. I grab it, and it stopped. I didn't realize it, and I made the, the cardinal sin. Picking it up in front of me and walk, taking a step forward. You never do that. You always tip it to the side and look under it. Right. Well, I did it the other way and I went down. Uh, down to the, the air shaft. Okay. A future air shaft for right. the air conditioning heat. 16 feet. What's that fall feel like? Oh, man. In, in the cold? Was it worse Was it worse hitting the ground or was it worse while you were falling? Uh, the fall was nothing. 
after the fact. Well, if you start to stop, that'll kill you. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. That's what all the race car drivers we, say. We, we used to tell guys, hey, if you're going to go down the shaft, don't scream. No. <laughs> don't scream because I want your boots and your wallet. <laughs> You know what I mean? We'll take care of your family. Just don't. I need the boots and the wallet. Especially if you got nice boots. But you were all right after the 16th football. No. What happened? I thought I was. Went home. I went down to the shanty to get changed. And I had a black and blue from my knee all the way up to my rib oh cage. Oh, my God. Black, purple. Purple. You hold, yeah. Purple. It's like impact like that. <clears throat> so I, was, I, I knew something was wrong. I knew I was in trouble. When I, you know, everyone, I think everyone knows when something happens. You know whether you're in trouble or not. Yeah, sure. Your body, you feel it. Oh, this is bad. Couldn't get a deep breath. Yeah. I had fractured ribs. One one was like off the side where it was, nah, it didn't puncture my lung or nothing like that, but it was cold. That's why I had trouble breathing. Pressure. Yeah. So yeah. I, I said, okay, fuck this. Excuse me. He says slipped. not. This isn't. This is an FM radio. Oh, okay. You're fine. This oh, is the inter- this is the internet. Well, then fuck it. So. <laughs> Take my clothes off to go home, and I'm like, holy shit! I don't say nothing. Purple. I mean, Bad. nobody was in the shanty because I, I purposely went down there late. Everybody was changed on their way out. Right. I want to change myself, and I saw it. I'm looking at myself. Holy shit! What am I gonna do? So I get changed with my street clothes on. I leave the job. I go home. Get home and now. Mama was home. Well, she shouldn't have. She couldn't have been happy about that. And she didn't see me naked twenty so she, <laughs> she was like, you know. How how happy was she though that you were purple? She didn't know. You didn't show. I her. hid it from her and I hid it from the job. Next morning, I can't get out of bed. Yeah. What'd you think can't, was gonna happen? Can't get out of bed. Uh, I got a fucking problem here now. She's sleeping. It's three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. Right. I roll out on one side, pull myself up on a dresser, get dressed. Get in the car, go to Tom's River to meet. The, at that time, we had a carpool. I said, Charles, Charlie, we used to call him Charles. I said, Charles, I don't know what I'm going to do today. That's what we're talking about. I told him what happened. Why the, what the fuck? You should be in the fucking hospital. You should, what the fuck? You got to put it This is a theme for, for you, though. I said, shut the fuck up. You love hurting yourself and not no, getting looked at. I don't love at. it. Oh, no, believe me, I don't love it. Not even, by, not even a little bit. So what'd you do? Because my mindset, this is my mindset. I was a union guy, okay. But I was loyal to the company. They didn't come to me and tell me, you got to work here. I came there and asked for a job. Right. Right or wrong. Right. The only thing I mean, I was a steward for the union. But I didn't, I wasn't one of these bleeding heart fucking liberals, Democrat, a Republican, Democrat rather. I said... Listen, I, in my mindset, I never said nothing to anybody. Just want, I'm, I promised to be there for a day's work. Every job had a foreman and a, and a certain schedule. To what did keep. you do about these ribs, though? Oh, I go in. Charlie says, we're halfway to the job, but I tell him about it. Right, in the car. And he's cursing me. You yeah, well, naturally. Asshole, you this, you that. I said, guess what? These guys are going to work. You're a steward. You stay down. He said, do your safety walk. I used to have to do a safety walk once a week, the whole building. So right. I disappeared. That wasn't with the crew. I wasn't with my gang. Right. So they didn't take nothing of it. Right. They, safety walk, safety Where walk. Is, oh, he's doing a safety walk. Okay. He grabs, he says, get over to the hospital. We leave the shanty. We lock the shanty. Then we go to the fucking hospital. Bring, he drags me over there in the cab. As he, he should. So 
And he did. He was a good partner. He was a good guy. He says, okay, this happened yesterday. So I took off my, they put me a gown. Yeah. A hospital gown on the whole line to look at you. I laid it on the gurney and and I pulled it, you know, like held over my, because I can't let them see my piece of needle because they'll go crazy. (laughs) The nurses go out of their mind. Anyway, Uh. the, the doctor was a female doctor. She almost dropped her onions right there. Oh, she seen how purple you were. What the fuck did you do? As I fell. How far did you fall? <laughs> uh, well, right, let me tell you the story. Go, no, no story. She didn't even ask. She didn't want to know. Right into the x-ray. Yeah. X-rayed me from my neck, from the bottom oh, of my chin. What was broken? The whole fucking thing? Right down to my blowhole. They yeah. did everything. Comes back. You got a enormous amount of bruising. We're worried about you having blood clots. So he put me on blood thinner right there. She gives me an injection of blood thinner. You got to do this. You got to do that. Said, oh, shit. So I go back to the job. I lay, I lay in the shanty all day. Right, just hanging out. And Charlie says, about 1 o'clock, he says, come on, we're going. We get, we're out of here. I'm taking you home. I go, I want to go home. I don't want to tell you more. You right, she would have flipped Oh, out. you'll be out of work? All we got was comp then. Back right. Then. Yeah, you got her, you got comp. You didn't get your paycheck, you got comp. Right. Oh, my mother. God forbid I lost a dollar fifty that week. Right. I, go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get. She's a good lady. And whatever. I go home, I had to give it up. Just look. She was upset. Very upset. I can imagine. Genuinely upset and concerned. Uh, I had to sit home for like two weeks. Yeah, you fucked up. Two weeks. I really, because they're worried about these blood clots. Yeah. You can't go up and do stuff that you do for a living. Blood clot breaks off from one of the... Oh, you'd be having a heart attack. I'd say a year and a half for this to all go away. All purple gone. And and the ribs healed. Yeah. That takes a long time to do shit like that. I had rib problems. No, you just told her you fell and you didn't elaborate much more than that. I had to steal on a foot first. Steal on a foot was the first week or two in the business. Right. Right out of the gate, you were right fucking breaking, breaking, breaking your toes. Ah, this ain't good. Okay, boom, fall. Then I went real good for a long time. And then the metal went through your leg. Well, that was just, uh, yeah, that was a stupid thing. I was craw- I was climbing over a beam in the winter, and it was wet and cold and slippery. And I, the guy just burnt the end off, so it was all jagged. Right. And I slipped. It went through the car heart, through a pair of dungarees, and into my thigh, and just missed the artery. Just missed the artery. Well, dangerous. This is a dangerous fucking business. Oh fuck yeah! Back in the day, guys get hurt every fucking day. Oh, I'm sure. I saw things uh, you don't want to. I'm sure you don't want. You don't have to tell us. You don't want it. I'm, I'm not gonna. Some some very some Trust very me, uh, some grotesque some grotesque accidents uh, you know. and a death or two. I'm sure. Well, they told me I was suffering with PTSD a long time ago, and then 9/11 topped me off. Well, I'm sure that uh, that's got to be a wild experience. I don't even want to talk too much about. That. No, you don't have to. But I'm I don't go you know. Into that. You know, you, you share as much as you want, but that's something that, that not a lot of people can say that they... Uh, Experienced? Yeah, yeah, firsthand like that. Well, my partner at the time was uh, a Vietnam veteran who did two tours. Right, in Vietnam. And when we went down there, he just turned around and he was crying. Yeah. He was actually crying. Yeah. He said to me, you got to get out of here. He said, I never saw anything this bad. Yeah. It, over there. Yeah, harrowing. And he was in a, gem- he was in a jungle for a long time. I'm sure. And I just looked at him. I just, I was in total, total, complete shock. I didn't. Oh, the total state of this. How can you, how can you prepare yourself for something like that? It's impossible. It's not only that, you know, there was a lot of things that went on. The 
the media kept out. Sure. Well, things that only people, people that were there saw. People were doing things you can't I, imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. You can't imagine. No, you can't. Can't imagine. No, you can't. And I don't even go into it. And you got to deal with it. You gotta right. Learn, you got to learn to deal with it. It's like a police officer who sees a lot of crime, murder, shooting, right. homicides, killing, you death. You got to learn to deal with it. You got to learn to move past it in yeah. your own way. It's a hard. It's not an easy task. We talked well, about between um, that and everything else. I mean, over a lot of years, I mean, in normal times you see shit. Yeah, in the regular during the, the course job, of your regular day on the guys job, getting hurt, guys getting much hurt. less having having a World Trade Center fall down was, in front of your eyes. Yeah, that was the end of my career. I, I remember that. Done. That was very close to the end. But I stuck in because a couple I had, of years, right? Yeah, a couple of years because I had I had made a promise to somebody to finish out what I was doing. Okay, and I did it. And that's, that's one thing I was raised. When you, you tell somebody you're going to do something, you do it. There's no way back on that. And you did it. Yep. And then I, you walked I away. I done. I walked away. Well, you weren't in great physical shape either by well, that by time. By then, my knees were shot. I had to have them done. Right. I couldn't go right. anymore. The knees he were... Said, sh- he said, the right, my left leg was fractured. The tibia was fractured so bad. He says, if you don't come in and get this it put in now, I can still probably put the joint in. But if you wait anymore and fracture it anymore, you're going to wind up with a peg leg. They're going to take the knee joint that, completely fuck out. That. Get that shit fuck out of here. From my hip, I mean, not from the hip, from the upper bone to the bottom bone. And that's the way it's going to be. Right. So I said, that's it. For home. Yeah, and that's got to be it. Yeah, I went home and told your mother. Thank God Uncle Frank and Aunt Dee were there. I don't know why. Uh, but I didn't forget. Uh, whatever the reason. He looked at me and said, what? He was an iron worker out on the island. Yes, he was. Long he was Island. on Long Island, yeah. I said, oh, yeah, you guys work so hard. Yeah, your biggest building, highest building, you got a six floors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he loved you or not. Oh, you want a Manhattan, guys. A high-rise hero. I said, whatever it is, Uncle it Frank is. was tough as nails, that fucking guy. Oh, my guy. God. Yeah. He used to eat ten penny nails for breakfast. Yeah. But anyway. But, I mean, you know, you, you did the whole elevator thing, and it was 25 years of your life, 25 years of your career. Well, 27. Whatever. 27 years. You know, we're not, we're not really counting. But, you know, it's a lot put out. You know, there's a lot of fucking shit that goes on. I'm sure we could sit here for four or five hours and talk about just what, you know, just the elevator aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more than that that I feel like we can talk about, too, which is important because, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's job is not – what they uh, what they are as a well, person. Well, it is your identity. It, it becomes your identity. People say, what do you do for a living? I'm a cop. I'm a fireman. I'm a right, doctor, right, right. I'm a lawyer. I'm an elevator constructor. What do you mean elevator? I build elevators. I'm a high-rise, See, high-rise building. I don't oh, know. Oh, really? Right. That's interesting. Yeah, okay. It's interesting. It is. It is interesting to people but, who don't know it. Yeah. But I, I don't I don't like that that's the normalized way that things are now where it's like, you know. It's always what, been like that. Well, I understand that. But it's like, okay, what do you do for a living is your identity. I feel like what who you are as a person is your identity. You know well, what I mean? My generation maybe. I don't a know. A totally different situation. I don't know. Maybe you're right. But a, a different a generation, cop, a, a different world. Right. You're a cop. That's it. But I know a lot of cops that did all these things. Sure. Well, they, they all lived, had business. Your father, your, your father had a painting business on the side. Oh, yeah, you even went into businesses on the side when you got further along after you retired. Yeah. You oh, were yeah. traveling a little bit. You were going to North Carolina. You were doing whatever you yeah, had. Yeah, tried to, right. tried to do. But obviously, thing. obviously, the oh, kids, just because you got one disability, don't mean you lay down and die. Right. You get up and do what you, you got to do. What you got to do. But obviously, the commuting and you know falling down sixteen floors and hurting yourself. These are not things that you wanted to do. It's life. It's shit. You yeah. you make decisions to do things, and 
unfortunately, things... Right. But you don't want to do that, and you want to do what you want to do now. But what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about what you want to do. Okay. And what you got going on in the future. Okay. All right? Okay. Thank you. Hey, uh, this is Cuda Banta, and uh, we're talking about uh, the movie. You wake up tomorrow. You log on Twitter. It's retweeted. Who retweeted it? I don't know. Maybe it was Laura Lenny. What's it say? Seen it's back. Did Laura Lenny tweet about seen it coming back? No. Cue the Banter, a podcast about movies and television from Ilto 8 Productions. And we're back from our break. I got up to pee. Got a little piece of banana bread. Nice. Me and the old man enjoy a little snack. I got this. I got this hibiscus lacroix water. Nice. Very, very good. Non-alcoholic though. It's useless. I mean, you can't have it all the time. I got some beer in there too. No, 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 no. So we're talking about what you want to do. So you work twenty-five years. You're all beat more the than fuck. twenty-five. Tell me what years. the fuck is wrong. I worked since I was eight. Tell me what the fuck's wrong with you as physically. Oh. Because there's a laundry list, and I think it's wild. Why? I wore myself out. So, bilateral shoulder repairs, bilateral knee replacements, a hip two. replacement. That's two. Bilateral. That means two. You think everybody knows what bilateral means? Yeah. One here, one here. Mostly everybody that I know knows that. I don't know what that means. I had two knees replaced at the same time. How would that feel like? That oh, was that nice, was right? Hard. That was a real good time. <laughs> I remember you being in the bed at home with Thank that machine. Thank God for morphine. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to. Been... You hate painkillers, right? Yeah, no, I don't use them. Now, when you were in the hospital for the knees, though, the doctor told you you could leave. Yeah, he wanted to stay there for 10 days or something, do physical therapy. I left the third day. Which Actually, is... the fourth day. I was there three days. I left on the fourth morning. Well, he gave me certain obstacles I had to overcome, and I did it. I walked down the hallway, it wasn't far. Walked these little three steps, across a little platform and down, and back to the bed with a, with a walker. You just really fucking hated that hospital. I don't hate, I don't hate, I hate hospitals. All period. hospitals, not just that hospital. Yeah. yeah, no, it was a good hospital, but. You just don't want to be in the hospital. I'm not sitting, here, sitting around there for 10 days. 10 days, got things to do. I gotta go. I gotta go. Whoa, 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 you I was married to a ninja. I gotta hurry oh, up. Ninja. Yeah, she was a she's a ninja. She got a lot of things I had to do. A lot of things. She almost freaking had a heart attack, major heart attack when I told her I was getting my knees replaced. Then I went back and I was told I can't have my job back. That was that must have been sweet. Man, it wasn't good. No, they sort of told me when I, was, when I had to go get them, but I couldn't walk no more, so I had to go do it. I remember you had that poker to hit the buttons on the outside oh, car. Yeah, no inside car. The inside, inside car. Yeah, I was inside. That was, I had the shoulder, just one shoulder then. But my knees were shot then. Yeah. One of my compadres, plumber, maybe a 3-8 rod, had a 3-8 tubing. Tube pipe. Pipe. So, yeah. I don't know, they call it tubing because it's like stuff you use a little bit for back to the refrigerator, water supply, stuff like that. He built those things beautiful. It's got a little handle. It's, still like, got a trump- it the it's like a trumpet handle. You still got it in the garage in a toolbox. It's one of my favorite tools. Yeah. Ma- made more money with that than most of the tools that are in the toolbox. <laughs> so you worked all this time. You did all this shit. Now, what do you want to do? I want to go to a warm climate. I can't take the cold no more. I'm going to live... Preferably Florida. I like Florida. 
been there many, many times. This is such a common thing, though, that people your age want to do in Florida. What is the infatuation with Florida? It's a different, different atmosphere. At this age, everybody's in the same boat. You know, they, they don't sit around talking about, you know, the same old shit you do here. You feel like here the people are like more, um, the older people are more, uh, they're, just, they're just worse. They just bitch and complain about every freaking thing. And what's the difference down in Florida? Yeah, they don't do that. They're just living. The sun's out. They do things. They're on their boats. They're on, they, they ride bikes. They walk. They, they look terrific. You go down there, in six months, you, you're like new. Now, you're a boat guy. You had boats all your mm -hmm. life, right? Oh, yeah. Tell me about some of these boats you had. I remember the one I had when we were a kid. First one I had was wood. All wood. Plywood. That was way back. Were you like 10? Nah, I was a little older than that. 12, 14 years old, 15 years old. Right. And that, that's, that was the hook. Uh, once you have a boat. It's over after that. Yeah, basically. You know, it's, I enjoy that. It's what I enjoy. It's what I like. Right. You know, some guys like to go to the track. They, they, they like racing. Well, you like, like racing, though, too. Oh, yeah. We had a lot of good times a little of that. out racing. We had go-kart. We had a go-kart when I was a kid. Go-kart. That yeah. was a fun time until yep. I crashed it, crashed it once. Yeah, well, that's not too and then, bad. Then you sold it. You didn't even tell me about it. Yeah, well, I got you another one. No, the second one you sold. Oh. The second one you got well, your rid Your mother of. must have wanted me to do that. Uh, but I got a go-kart again now, though. Yeah. I got a, I got oh, a, yeah, yeah, that thing. Yeah, I got a you. theme. I, I know it. you love the Miata so much. Ah, yeah, it's nice. You love that in your garage? I'd love to put it in a crusher. It wouldn't take much to crush it. No, I think if you were able-bodied enough to get in and out of it, you'd really enjoy the experience. I don't know. One day. I don't know. I like the boats better. Yeah? Yeah. Is that Was that like your release after working all that time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even on the weekends and shit? It was like taking a Xanax. <laughs> just getting in the boat, taking a ride. You didn't have to go nowhere. It's special. Just... Take a ride around. Just take a ride. I always like taking a ride better than fishing. Fishing never caught my attention. I yeah, could never like, stay occupied. Yeah, you got you, know, you got to put a little time in, and once you, once you get the set, you know what it's like to catch fish. Then you want to do it more. Right. I had a few. It's instances. a chase. It's the, it's the hunt. The hunt. It's like guys go hunting for deer. They go hunting for elk, moose, whatever. You think you think living by the water here has helped you though, like physically, over over time. I've always lived by the water my whole life. Because they say people who live near the ocean live longer. I don't know. Maybe. Stress is a factor. Right. Big, big stress. It's, it, you're a big stress guy. It de-stresses me when I, when I go down right here on to the water. But it, it's just too much of a hassle now. Now I, I'll start. It was beautiful out there today. I went down. It was 73 degrees. Yeah. The water was warmer than the air temperature as the, <clears throat> as the breeze was blowing down... Um, Blowing down the yeah. island out of the beach. Yeah, this is the best time. This is the, this is the locals' summer. That's it. But with all these jackasses staying down here because they think there's COVID around. Whatever. They watch too much news, fake news. <laughs> and anyway, meanwhile, their apartments and all their houses up in the city are getting broken into and live and squatters in there, homeless. That sounds like a them problem, though. What? That sounds like a them problem. No, they're, now they're here, though. They're making it our problem. No, but I, that's a them problem. No, but they're that's living down here problem. now. Yeah, but I don't, I don't go to it's their more house. More cars, you know. more this, more that, more yeah, that. Yeah, well, let them pay. Come on. Stimulate the local economy. All right. right. What okay. about, what now, what are you trying to do moving forward here? You're 65. What's yeah. looking forward look like to you? I don't know. Well, with the big uh, financial problems I had the last few years, I got to watch my step. Well, these things happen. 
Yeah, well, not, you don't want them to happen at this age. You want to have if they happen, you want them to happen at younger at a younger age. This way, you can get out of them, work your way back out. Right now, I can't work my my way back out no right. more. You can't go to work no more. You just you just kind of yeah. living on a budget. I'm shot. So, got to do the budget thing, and it's not. But easy. there is there is light for you though. Looking forward into I your so. yeah. into your extended retirement here, where you just come back from Florida. What was Florida like? I loved it. It's Every minute. Nice. Yeah, yeah, just about. Just about every minute, I, I, we chose to drive, and I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to. Would you suggest that to people? Well, yeah, it depends. I used to. I've done it in the past, but now I'm physically my back hurts. This hurts. I can't do it. It's too far. And we took a one night over. You know, stay one night over. But and then on the way back, it was a grueling ride because from the middle of South Carolina all the way to my driveway, it rained and sometimes pouring torrential rain. Yeah, that's driver would just track the trailers fortunately we were in a good size pickup so we could do it we we're in a regular car we, with regular cars were just pulling over getting off the highway that's how bad it was yeah but whatever but i did it as a friend a favor to a good friend that good needed guy. a hand and i went, took the ride but uh from now on i'm gonna fly make it make, make it sound like it's such a labor you loved it well yeah well we had a little fun driving but he's he's like an old fart. I'm not. Yeah, you're you're a party guy. Yeah, a little bit. You like you like to party. I like to be out. I don't like to be cooped up. I like this this COVID horse shit. I think everybody's on the same page with that right now. Yeah. I think everybody's getting a little tired, a little restless of being inside for the last five six months. Yeah. I don't think it's certainly not as bad as it was. You remember when I stopped working for a month? And I was sitting home for a month because people didn't know it was like the boogeyman was walking down the street. Yeah. Nobody knew what was going on. And now as time has gone on here, you know, we have two different strains of COVID and now schools are reopening and it's like, you know, it's like, all right, maybe we kind of, maybe we have half a handle on this thing before a vaccine happens. It's only 1% or less than 1% increase. Right. Uh, uh, transmission rate. Oh, transmission rate. Yeah, so. But like I, mean, I think Jersey's right around there. My too. favorite part about New Jersey and and people in my family is that um, they religiously watch New York news. Yeah, oh yeah, mostly. Regardless of the fact that they live closer to Philadelphia and closer to Delaware, yeah, I guess I than they Philly. do to New York. So that kind of perplexes me. Because you're so used to New York, New York sports fan sports. The Yankees, the Giants, the, you know all that. You just don't lose. You don't lose that because it's it's there. Well, it's yeah. on TV. It's easy to just put the channel on. It's, well, it's also easy too. And but I don't watch much news anymore. The winningest so. franchises in sports are in. Well, yeah, for a well, long time, we're in New York. Well, that's another whole issue. I don't watch much sports anymore anyway because right. they're too really out of control. Right. right. Way too much money for these. Jackass. We were talking about this last night, watching the Dallas game and talking about Jalen Ramsey and Jalen Ramsey getting paid all this money. And then uh, there's no human beings Patrick, on the face of the earth that should make that much money. Patrick Mahomes is play making, football, making 500 mil on his new 10 year deal. So yeah, that's but, why I don't. That's why you got to pay absorbent amount of money to go watch a game. Well, I heard, I heard that the COVID is really gonna is really gonna spark a a new new chapter in the uh, live sports so. world after things come back because I think what's going to happen is that you know especially for baseball this is a big thing too because they're going to play less games going yeah, forward now they should and they're, they it's too long of a season right and the guys get hurt and you know it's not good for their performance on the field but they're carrying these injuries into their the rest of their lives alright so we're talking about sports 
You keep telling me you don't talk. Tell me some funny shit that you. You're a funny fucking guy. People listen to people who know you listen to this shit, and and they're gonna go, oh, who, who the fuck is that? Oh, what would they give him a fucking value before he started talking? Oh, ooh. a little bit of pain today, but I. I you know, Why are you in pain? Explain. I that. have I have fibromyalgia. I got arthritis conditions. I got kind of, you know. This shit. isn't fun. We don't want to hear about your fibro. <laughs> How about I blow my nose? <laughs> Can I do that? Okay. I promise I won't fart or nothing. I made a promise, so I got it. Anyway, you know, uh, there's a lot of fun things you, you could do, down in Florida especially. What, what about all the other fun shit you did already? Where? When you were working and shit, and you were living and fucking having a good time. Oh, yeah. What Which, fun shit have you done? Um, I don't know. That's not a good answer, 65, to go, uh, I don't know. It's, uh... I, I worked with a lot of fun guys. I you did a lot of wacko things. Used to work down here and up the city, and used to work with a guy, two guys. Had a little shop down here, made some extra money all the time, you know. And uh, one guy was a little off the wall. His name was Carl. I remember Carl. Uncle Carl. Uncle Carl. He was. He, was, he had an attitude problem. That guy. He either liked you or he hated your guts. So it was one way or the other. You know, he used to do some funny things. He was a funny man. What did he do? Oh, he used to tell people to throw customers out of the shop. Get out! That's it! That's it! You're breaking my balls! Get out! He'd throw people out. And it's just the way he sounded. Yeah. And then one day I was working with him under a car, and, um, and we couldn't get a bolt loose, so I put a, a piece of pipe on the end of a wrench and went to, for, you know... Leverage. Leverage, and the pipe slipped off the... Wrench and hit him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> he stumbled backwards about 30 feet and boom, what fell on his ass. And he got up, he picked something up and started running around the shop chasing me. Throwing, throwing things at me and shit. Till he calmed down. He had a big lump on his head. He was all right. He, he, he made it. And he had every day, four o'clock was cocktail hour. They had a little bench and a little table in the back, a little counter. That was uh, the, the buffet table. Because they brought all kinds of food every day. I remember. Oh, every day. Whatever they had left over from dinner the night before. And the bottle of wine came out every day. And uh, by that time, the customers' cars were almost done. They'd come in to pick up their cars, and they would have a couple of glasses of wine. <laughs> and if they were really tense, they got a little shot of some, you know, scotch or something. And we had to have a, a real good time working. We never worked on people's cars while we were drinking. Or did that all day long, and then later on, right, wrapping up. You can't take a chance, you know, play with people's lives, they with breaks and stuff, <clears throat> stuff like that. But we had a lot of fun doing that. That shop was a lot of fun until the lady drove through it. Ooh, I forgot about uh, that. Yeah, she 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 went right through that. I concrete. thought I hit the brake, and went right I through she hit a the gas. Yep. She went through a Cinderbox. barn doors, oh, knocked them yeah. off. The one door hit Steve, and I'm he, sure he loved that's that. how he got his knee operation after that. Then she proceeded to go through the shop and out the, out the side wall down the into top. a parking lot. Yeah, down into the post office. Yeah. Over the poker, we had was a post office back there. Still there. And they proceeded to uh, condemn the building. Naturally, the wall's it, missing. It was like a hundred years old. It's yeah. part of that. Uh, part of the historic horseshit society. And uh, they got estimates. It actually took a long time to get 
all these jackasses, tree huggers, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that, put the building back up. They fixed the building, shored it back up, put concrete, whatever they did. And that's when they came to the roof. They wanted the old roof. They had one of those old uh, tin roofs on it. Yeah. And that was the original roof. Well, I think it was like a, a replica of the original roof. Because it was a carriage house. They used to fix, they used to fix horse and buggies in that, in that shop. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That was a motorcycle shop for a long time. There's still a shop in there now. Now there's another guy back because they, they finally got them to let them put a regular shingle roof on it. Yeah. Took, it was like torture. Meanwhile, the place was shut down all that time. It's like two or three, two years took yeah. to get it done. Uh, so that then Carl, unfortunately, he got some health problems and he died. So Steve, the other partner, and I were there for a while, and then uh, he sold it. You know, out of the game. Out of the game. How did we go from talking about fun things to talking I about people know. dying? I don't know. See, you used to tell me this is my problem. This is you. No, hey, oh. What other fun shit did you do besides the shop and working? Fishing. Down here? Anywhere. Oh, then we worked for George. Yeah. Oh, we aggravated the crap out of him. He, 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 thought he tried to play big boss with us, but he was a good businessman, but he didn't know as all about fixing cars. We taught how to teach him a few lessons. You know, hurry up, you done yet, you done yet, you done yet. And then the more he said it, the longer things took. <laughs> One day, we took a car, customer's car out for lunch and said, we are going to go have lunch. We're going to road test the customer's car. But he was uh, a little adamant about when you got, he'd give you a paycheck because he, he didn't want you to leave until sometimes 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night. That don't sound like it. So we said, no, no, we're not putting up with this shit no more. So we left with the customer's car. We decided not to come back. Go into a go-go bar, <laughs> me and Steve, and we proceeded to have a couple of beers. With that, this was before cell phones. I couldn't figure out where we went, but he knew. He knew. He figured it out. Well, he has. He has that sixth sense. Guy, he's a little sick in the head. <laughs> so we find they take the ride down with the customer. Comes in yelling and screaming, "What are you doing?" The guy says, "You fixed this thing?" Says, yeah. He said, I couldn't get anybody else to fix it. Well, it's fixed. Oh, that's great. Buy these guys around. round. They proceeded to sit out and have a, buy us a couple of rounds. Yeah. He got so mad, he left us there. <laughs> so we didn't go back. And then we did, we did a few other tricks to him. Wouldn't let him, uh, wouldn't get a car started that nobody could get started. Steve figured that out. And, uh, okay, you want me to start it? Which we already had it running, he didn't know. And come back and says, okay, proceed to go down to the West Creek Liquor. At the liquor store and get some nice, uh, something nice, you know. Made, made them spend some money too. A little, little reward for, you, for yourself. Yeah, a little, it was an expensive scotch. Yeah. So he went down, finally couldn't take it no more, so even they hate spending spend money. Even now. Down and came like in a box of you know, those things you give away for Christmas or something. It had two, two, two glasses, glasses in, in it. it. Yeah, the yeah, whole the thing. Whole, he made them open the box, put the glass out, pour a little in each glass. Here you are. Okay. Yeah. Take it. Boom. He took a shot. Reached in. Start the car right car up. started right up. <laughs> he goes, he says, wait a minute. This thing's warmer. We've been having, we've been running for the last hour. <laughs> you left to go get there. When you sent you to the store. <laughs> Uh, it was fun times. 
We used to have, we used to, again, another place we used to have barbecues, Christmas parties. But the shop was old. Half the shop was very old, and when it rained, you used to get water in the bays. It was, it was bad. You had Steve working there on pallets to put the cars up on lifts because it was water six inches deep, four inches deep. So we worked around. It was like with boots on. We working right. like in the rain. So he, nice. but his boat, he put his boat on the other side where the where, where the, it was high and dry, and building was the pitch of the water wouldn't go in there. He put the boat in there with a heater, and he's out there freezing his ass off and, a, and a, kneeling down in water. <laughs> so I wrote this picture. Well, the next day the boat was gone. I would imagine. We towed it out. We, we hit it for a couple of days. <laughs> you, there's better use for that space. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he was pissed. Oh, he was pissed. That's okay. Now, what else did we do to him? Big Joe. There's some of the characters that were uh, Big Joe. He was a Big Joe. He was about 450 pounds. Big Joe. Damn, Joe. Yeah, we drove a parts truck from, from Ventnor, down by Atlantic City. Come up, we used to have to take the seat in a big full-size van, move the seat back and weld it to the floor because he couldn't reach, his belly was so big. So he's, we handicapped it for him. And he was waiting for parts for him in the morning was a, was a trip. He'd be on his way up, he'd pull into a McDonald's drive through <laughs> he got like a dozen freaking egg Doubles, sandwiches. Yeah, whatever the fuck he was getting. Mixed sandwiches, whatever. Then he'd go deliver to us, and he had, he had the pizzerias down down to Pat. They'd call him, hey, Big Joe. They'd walk the pizza out to him. He never took our parts. He never got out of the truck. We used to, have to go out and get our own parts and bring them in. But he was a good guy. He lasted a long time, too. And we, he was the one who started the, the, the Christmas party. We used to have him right in the office. And we had a couple of, George's not a big drinker, but we used to have a good time. And when he left one, and his brother, one night, and his brother-in-law decided he was going to have a few with us, and he had a few too many. We tried to stop him from driving, he jumped in his truck, drove to, down to a, uh, not Cherry Hill, what's the next, where George's house was? Maple Medford? Medford. I think it was Medford. Medford. And he proceeded to drive off the road, into a ditch oh. and drive a, a concrete pipe out of the ground. Nice. And he's limping around today, to this day. That happened twenty something years ago. That's what you want when you. Yeah. Yeah. So we he got a little. That was. Don't a, drink and drive. Yeah. Well, that's a big thing. You don't do that. Don't do that. That's not what you drink, do. but don't drive. Don't drive. Right. Definitely now, drink. Now it's easier. You got Uber. You hit your phone. Uber. Oh, guy yeah. shows up. You don't do Close that. Close your shit. eyes. Three three winks and a, and a whistle and, and you're gone. That's it. Leave the cards. It's a hunk of steel. This leap metal. It's mostly plastic now, but please leave it there. That's it. It's going to wind up in a shit yard, scrap yard anyway. But no, we, what other fun shit that you did? We used to have a lot of fun. You did a lot of fun shit at work. In the city? Well, everywhere. What you're describing. Yeah, well, that's all is... I ever did was work. Right. If I was going to have any fun shit, it's going to happen when I was working. That's all I did was work. For a long time. But down here it was nice. Come to the weekends, we used to go out fishing. Yeah. About crabbing, fishing. But when it's busy up the city, you got to go. You got to make make hay when the sun shines, you know? You got to right. Run. Especially in that industry, too, because you don't know when it's good and when it's going to be not. Yeah, it runs in cycles. Right. And even now, still, the economy still drives it. You know, economy it. drives, you know, construction sure. a lot. That's a big thing now, too, with COVID is, uh, you know, like lumber prices, timber. Ooh. You know, I, we, I work day labor, and uh, 
Hey, Sal, can you run out to the store and get a handful of two by fours? Yeah. Okay, great. You know, you know, six months ago we were paying two dollars and ten cents for a two by four. Yeah. And you walk into Lowe's. Lowe's is always a little higher price than Home Depot for mm. whatever reason. Timber all comes from the same place. Fucking. Just the amateurs buy there. Well, the older folks. Home Depot take right there. Home Depot to contractors more than right. Lowe's. Lowe's wants the weekend warrior. Correct. Who, who don't even and they what. get them too. Oh yeah. Because these these two by fours are five dollars and fifty cents now. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous for a two by four. Yeah. You imagine how expensive it is to. But these assholes—they don't know the difference. Oh no! Oh, they think it's that's great. not bad. It's not bad. I couldn't tell you. I wouldn't pay more than two bucks for a fucking two by four if I was somebody. No, they only need one. Right. Because they're building a birdhouse or some right, shit. Right. You know, they're fixing their neighbor's stugats or whatever they're doing. They don't know what the hell they're doing. Well, they buy some nails and some screws. They don't even the box. You had a lot of fun doing little stupid projects with Lewis and running around like a psychopath. Oh, him. You guys ate a lot of food. Oh, he, he, he never had a place he don't know about. Him and Mike. Oh, Big Mike, the glass man. He's a great guy. A great guy. He knows every Chinese, American, uh, Chinese, Mexican, and Italian restaurant from here all the way up to, what's it, Bayonne? Yeah. All over the place. All over the place. <laughs> well, that's where he's, he's from up north. <laughs> yeah, he does most of his work up there yeah. still. Oh, I love work with him because as soon as you were done, you gotta go eat. Gotta go eat. Gotta go eat. And he don't eat crap. He eats good no, food. He eats good food. He, uh, he was on a job with us one day. He was doing a little work and... Um, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. He was like, "We're asking him, are oh, you going to another job today?" He's like, "No, this is it. I'm done. I'm going to go get a, a fried chicken sandwich from Long Beach Island." Nice. And he left West Creek and he went right to go get some chicken oh, sandwiches. Yeah, well, yeah. He knows a little he spot. He was loving his. He loves his life. That guy. He's oh, enjoying man. himself. No, he's on a downslide. Oh, you know, I mean, he's another guy who's getting old. He's yeah. not as old as you, but he's getting older now, he's, and he's. Mike's you know, a big boy too. Everything's starting to hurt him. Yeah, well, it happens. Knees back. Well, especially hips. when you work in a physical field like that. I mean, you talk about you doing windows and shit. It's not the same as like heavy construction, but but he used still, to do it on heavy construction. Right, jobs. You put it on big on big buildings. Yeah, you know, it takes its. You don't think it takes its toll, but it Ooh. does. Right. In the moment, it feels it don't feel that way, but you know, thirty years it catches from up now, to you. You hit that forty mark, forty ish mark, and then your whole body hits you like apart. a ton of shit. Probably not good that my knees hurt me now at twenty five. Huh? No, not no, good. Probably not good. No. Been slacked up on that shit. Yeah, well, trying dieting. You got to get a, a job. You got you know brain power more than back power. I've always told you that. Well, that's like, why you do physical. Go to go to a gym whenever they open again. You didn't want me to go into the elevators. Not really. What was the what was the motivation behind Cause, that? Because at that time, by the time you would come up, you wouldn't wind up even having the hooks. My hooks were gone. I could only set you up so good, and then. You might not. You would wind up like me when outside in construction the whole time, and that's not the way you should do it. That business is a good business if you get inside. You do the electrical. You walk around with a uniform on. They make the and they even make more money because they work more time, and they, it's just a better situation. You don't beat your body up as bad, but you know it's still work. I mean, they they get on top of cars. They got to do maintenance on them. And, Repair stuff. They make pretty good money. Well, yeah. They make pretty good money. Yeah, they're pretty up there now. I don't know what the heck. Plus, that do. commute is a killer. That was your least favorite part of the whole thing. You can't. You can't do the commute. No human being should. The two-hour commute to Manhattan. And I see people now, like when I go. Then you got to get off the bus. Oh yeah. And get get a subway or a bus to some to the job. You don't know where you're gonna be. It could be uptown, downtown. So you get another half hour, forty-five minutes to get to a job. 
Right. So what do you? What is your your total commute time? Is almost three hours in a three morning. Three hours, depending on where. Three you hours work. each way. Yeah. See now, my mentality behind that is that there's no job that they could pay me enough to commute six hours round trip. Yeah, but once you commit, you're in so long, you can't get well, out. Well, right, 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 right. You got benefits, you got a pension, you got stuff that you can't walk away from. Now you can, once you hit a certain age, that's it, you're locked in. Where are you going to go? You know, you're not going to go be a brain surgeon after that. You know, doctors, doctors <laughs> used to say to me, oh, you got to get out of that game. Okay, doc, I'll mail you my bills to your house and... You know, you could talk to my wife every week when she don't get that check. How's that? <laughs> oh, you don't like that? Oh, no good, huh? Did you ever think about going back to school when you were doing all this shit? And, oh, yeah, I did. I went back for automotive for a lot. You went for the rotary, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. That was way back. The ankle, right, out of high ankle. school. Yeah. Yeah. Mazda was coming it's in. coming back. Yep. It's coming back again. Yeah, I went to... And I went to... For, the Mazda rotary motor and uh, a couple other things. GM stuff. When that was coming up, Ford, they had it was, they had specialized courses. It wasn't like today where they got, you go to a four-year school, like the UTI and all them. Right, they didn't have specialized training, like <laughs> tech like and shit like that. You know, a, a, a manufacturer come out with a certain thing, you went to school for that. Who 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 hosted these um, classes? Local colleges and shit yeah, or what? Yeah, local trade schools, uh, Napa. Napa used to do a lot of it when it got into the uh, electrical, you know, diagnostic shit. Yeah, and that's like a lot of that industry now is a lot of diagnostics. Yeah, they're, they're rolling computers now. Essentially. Yeah, we, talk about, we talked about electric cars, you know, they're, just, they're literally just rolling cell phones. Yeah, nothing, nothing breaks like they used to. You know, you don't replace hoses anymore. Once in a while, a belt. It's all electrical. Right. It's all... That's like my car now, too, the Honda. The yeah. Honda I've been driving for... Just they, over two years now. Yeah, they don't break. And they I've break opened, in a different way. I've opened the hood on it uh, a handful of times to clean it. Yeah, I make, change the I oil. I make sure it. that I change the oil and I wipe down the uh, the engine bay just to make sure nothing's yeah. getting hung up, nothing's getting caught in, yeah. and that's pretty much you know the easiest part of the whole thing. The but I, nobody can hear you right now because he got up from the table. He's going through the he's going through the oh he's getting a pack of gum. He's getting a little chewing gum here for himself. His breath's bad. Hey, okay. Yeah, it's all it's different. You know, looking back, would you would you have done it different? No, I don't know if it would because you didn't know what you know now. Well, naturally, you're living outside of your own, you know, you know outside you, of your own life now a little bit. Probably a, a few major things I would have done different. Well, naturally, work work wise. Oh yeah, I would have never traveled all that time. Either would have moved back up, or done something here I think that travel shit takes away from your quality of life more than anything else because the strain from the traveling like, I mean what kind of mood are you in after you drive three hours home from you know working an eight hour job all day yeah, cold, after commuting up three hours so you're eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, three you're up, 14, you're up working fourteen hours a day yeah then you come home you got to cut the lawn right and then you, you have, have a whole this, you have a whole that. life outside of outside of your job mm -hmm. and it's like well either you're not gonna move Either you're not going to move to Jersey and you're going to live in Staten Island, which was not a place you wanted to have kids no, and, and really. raise a family. For you personally, not like pe people do it. It's, you know. Oh, they're still doing but, it. But, you know, it's wild that that was the time allotted for your commute every day. Was, yeah. that, was that? What was the longest it ever took you to get home from Manhattan? 
I was on a bus one time for 12 hours. You showed up and then turned around? Yeah. They had an ice storm hit. But we left Tom's River, got on the parkway, on Jersey, Jersey Transit, and their infamous wisdom and, and stupidity. They're a smart group. Would not let State the bus driver that. turn the bus around. They had to get to the destination. Yeah, so we sat on the bus for eight hours, got up to Port Authority, got off, smacked the crap out of the driver. <laughs> Poor guy. Because he wouldn't turn the bus around. <laughs> Just do his job. Well, we didn't give a shit. <laughs> Uh, got yes. on it. Got out. Got on another bus, and took four hours to get back. Oh, Jesus four Christ. hours, twelve hours on a bus, and got no pay for the day because we don't show up, we don't get paid. Right. And that's it. Oh yeah, I just we we saw a lot. Of, we have fun, fun on the bus though. We have card games. We used to put boards across the seat. You know, just hit the arms rest of the seat. Yeah. Have card games. Then we had a little girl, young girl. One time she was going up to a culinary school. She was t- she was going to become a chef, so she'd come back on the bus at night, like on a Friday night, especially Friday nights. She used to bring home stuff they cooked at the school, and put a couple of bottles Ooh. of wine. That must have been on the bus. On the bus, and we pass it around food and wine. We're drinking. Oh, we're having a good old freaking time. A party on the bus. Then you got very close with some of the people on the bus. We had a little group. Was it construction workers? A couple of suits. It's the same. It's the same group of people every day, every day at the same time. Just about right. It was every day going. Sometimes. That's a wild thing to me that like you can create oh, a yeah. little tiny community in the back of a that's exactly what transit we did. bus. Yeah. Because you're you know you're traveling like that. We used to make fun of each other. I was an elevator guy. There was a couple of electricians, an iron worker, uh, concrete guy, a framer. What a whack job he was. All framers are whack jobs. Whacked. Sorry if you're a framer. But he was listening. a funny son of a bitch. They're dick. They're wild. Then we men. get off the bus in Towns River. It was a nice, a, a very pretty young girl. They used to hang with us because she felt safe, you know? Right. She was, she was a Jersey kid. She didn't right. know about she the city. She was a kid getting on the bus. Yeah. So she we made to, friends with the five construction workers on the yeah, bus. Yeah, six of us, whatever yeah. it was. And then we had another lady, who's Spanish lady. She was Puerto Rican. She used to give us great recipes. Oh, the woman could cook. But we didn't know. We used to get off the bus and, like, it was Christmas time. We'd all go to the office lounge. Oh, uh, that was right in Tom's River. Right then. in Tom's River. Yeah. And we'd have a little Christmas party. We'd go, that ain't doing all these other little stupid little gifts and charms and shit for right. ladies. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We used to have a freaking ball. From laugh. people with the bus. Huh? From people on the bus. Yeah. 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 And they, we stuck together for a long time. The electricians I kept in touch with for years. I don't see them anymore. I hear from them anymore. But, you know, we they stuck together watching each other's back. Yeah. It was good. It was really good. You know, you know, somebody put the light on. They got a beaten. Who want to sleep? I feel like I'd be Going asleep on that fucking bus every day if I was. We threw people doing... off the line. Oh, you got to stand yeah. on line to get on the bus, and get these people who got suits on. What time you got to be there? Nine o'clock. Get off the freaking line. What are you talking about? Who are you? Who am I? Watch this. I'm the guy that built. I'm the guy that built your office. Get out. <laughs> get off the bus. You don't get on a bus till eight o'clock, nine o'clock. You're not getting a bus from at five o'clock to be up there at nine. Yeah. Four hours. They're afraid they're not gonna get there. Morons. So we threw them off the bus. Don't come back. Nobody would stop you guys. Do, we're gonna do a burn your car. How's that? Nobody would stop you guys from no. doing this shit. Who's gonna stop? I don't know. Dover Township Police didn't want no part of coming in there. I don't. I don't travel the Tom River often. 
Yeah, and I work late hours sometimes. Got the dillies coming down. I'm sure they were psychopaths oh. sometimes getting on the oh, bus. Yeah. Port Drug Garden. dealers trying to smuggle dope down here. They'd pull into the parking lot. And get sur- the, car- the bus would get surrounded by police cars, state police, Dover Township police. They, they knew they were coming. Yeah. Shit. Dumbass. That's been like a really prevalent thing over the last 50 years here since uh, apparently like the bus line from Atlantic City to oh, Manhattan. Yeah. Big. Yeah. Drug trafficking, uh, thing. Oh. and the state kind of knows about it, and they, they yeah, what but do they, they don't do? know? Like they, they, they obviously they do something, but it's well, like, they investigate these people. Now it's all gangs, you know. Even right. then, it was gangs, so they kept an eye on gangs. They knew what they were doing. Back and forth. Then they'd the watch bus. the buses, the trains, even the cars right. coming down. State police, they do a hell of a job out there, man. Yeah. They, they, they make buses all the time, big drug busts, they're pulling people over. And you've seen that shit firsthand on a fucking bus. Oh, yeah. So Drag the guy off the bus. life experience just on the bus itself. Well, that was a freaking trip, man. That was how, how many years on there? I don't know. It was a long time. It's 18 years total. We drove and stuff with the carpool for like only the five, five years, six years. Then Charlie retired, my partner, and he dropped dead soon after that. Pool aneurysm in his freaking brain. But that's okay. He's gone. And then, you know, it's just, you had to do what you had to do. Buses, cars, I used to drive sometimes by myself. There's, you know, certain jobs I had to go in at night. I remember getting on a bus one time when I was in D.C. I, I almost got on a bus. Ugh. Down there they got what's called a WMATA, W-M-A-T-A. That's the um, the acronym for their metro system. Mm-hmm. And um, you can, they have a great layout. You can get almost anywhere in the city through buses and trains together. And I remember the one day I was walking home. I had missed the train. The train comes every 15 or 20 minutes. But today, that day, it was running late, whatever. I walked up from the basement, the basement, from the train station underground. Subway. It's called a subway. subway. Well, down there, they call it, they don't call it a subway. They call it the metro. Well, it's a subway. It's still a subway. Yeah, Manhattan's got a subway. Everywhere else has got something else. But the MTA. The MTA trains run in the subway. This isn't, they were not MTA trains. They don't have to be. They could be your sister's train. Still runs on a subway. All right, so the subway. I walk up from the bottom of the subway and I get up to the top of this, uh, to the top of this landing here. And there's a bus stop right there. Good. And there's a bus sitting there with the door open. And there's a little boy uh-huh. sitting, uh, standing up, facing the driver, and his mother's behind him. And the kid's got the kid's ass naked, looking at the bus driver, and the mother's got got a diaper underneath of him kid shitting himself right on the step oh, of the bus that's not nice. getting on the bus and the mother's having a shit attack literally having a fucking so she's shit the kid's shit there's a lot of shit nightmare going. and i looked at the driver past the fucking kid and he looked at me and i turned around and i walked from um where was i i was in i was somewhere 37 blocks i, I was far it's an hour walk. I walked an, an hour. hour walk. I walked an hour to get home. Kid was shitting his pants. She was. I, oh, said, I pants. said, you know, I said, I think this is enough for me today. I think I'm just gonna take a nice scenic, serene walk back to, back to the apartment. And that's gonna be it for me. That's basically what traveling, what commuting is like. Yeah, I, I love, I love commuting in my own car. Yeah, that's. Oh yeah, yeah. that's the number one way to go. I haven't had to commute well, like you. I, I refuse. The only closest thing I can, you know. Don't do it. I can hold the candle to is when I used to have to commute out to Salem County. 
And I used to drive oh, from gosh. here to Galloway and then from Galloway all the way out to almost Philadelphia. And then you hook a left and go south right by the water. Oh. And uh, that was about three hours. And I'd do that twice. I'd do that uh, going and coming. I'd do that twice a week. Yeah, that's a lot. And um, That's a lot. That was a big part of the reason I left that job. Yeah. That was a part-time uh, grant. Don't travel like that. Grant it's no good for you. Yeah. No good for you. I don't care what the money is. You think it just it just degrades your your overall quality of life? No. Stay where you are, live within your means. That's all. Do the best you can where you are, and live within your means. Don't right. live over your head. You think people gotta like? When you don't live over your head, you don't need to do that. But when certain people live over their head and can't adjust, right, to change. Well, you gotta have less to have more. Sometimes I mean oh, that's that's always how it goes. Like you know. Quality of your life is not always what what you can not, buy. Yeah, not the quantity of what you have. I think that's something that we we uh, we circle that wagon a lot on this podcast. You know, a lot of the people that have been on here with me, mm -hmm. the Raymonds, you oh, know, yeah. John Sokol. Yeah, they come up the same way, and Every it's parents did the same thing, right? And it's a lot of the same kind of mentality, and that's what makes it. It's funny to me that you, as someone who's a little older, um, looking back now, you have that kind of thought process too. Oh, yeah. But see, once you commit to something, uh, you don't quit. You think that, that you think that this generation is kind of... Which is a bad thing. You think this generation is kind of walking away from that idea? Oh, yeah. Where if... They've abandoned it. Right, where if you if you commit to something and you don't like it, they just stop showing up to work or they tell the right. boss to go fuck themselves right. and they go find something Well, else. it's it's not all bad. You think that's a good thing, though, sometimes? Not all bad. It depends on the situation. depends on the person. If it saves them from that... From that you know, awful they, lifestyle. Well, they're being, a, it, it, some people would say, in my, of my age would say, oh, they're being selfish. They're just looking out for, but in a, to a certain degree, they're there's, smarter. There's a lot more that goes into because it. Because there's that. a lot more to, to what you do every day, identify, you know, defines you. And why do it that way? It's no good for your health. It's no good for your mental health. It's not good. It's not good. Not a good way to live. No. So you'd rather have work down here. Maybe you'll make less, depending on what you do. Right, depending on the industry. And I feel like in our area now, there's only a handful of industries that you really can. That's true, because you know? we're, we're in a, a certain zone where right. you know, there's only so much. Well, you're halfway from each city. Got hospitals, police, fire. Well, not even fire, they volunteer. Yeah, but, there are a lot of volunteer guys. But, you know, it's... The essential. A lot of healthcare, a lot of retirement. That's, There's a lot of retirement stuff down by us too. So a that's lot where of, the money um, is. If you're gonna do something, you got to do what the people need. Right. It's it's supply and demand. Right now, restaurants suck. But well, it's the COVID. Hope, it'll come back. Hopefully, after COVID. that'll come back soon. You hope. We hope. It's a good business, but it's a tough business. Food. Food. You're married to the restaurant. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. like the job we worked uh, the, the if, waterfront. If you're gonna do something like that, you got to get in, get out, or in a certain amount of years, and say thank you very much. Have a good day. Right. You gotta and want to do it. Though. Do something else. You gotta want to oh, be yeah. a restaurateur and 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 be involved with Very food difficult. service, and you have to love food and love. Yeah. You have to learn to love your customers too. I think it's easy to love customers. Oh but, yeah. You know, people at in the a same good mood. It come... can be difficult. Right. right. Oh yeah. And the customers dealing with the public's always difficult. I when I even when I worked at Wawa, I always used to say that I, I the hardest part about that job was the customers. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Always that, was. Always the job is easy. The job is simple until the people show up and ask you to ask you something that you don't. People want to in hear. a bad mood, they're having a bad day. Right. Guess what? You're gonna catch it. You really try to de-escalate them, but it's like you have to be. Customer service, I think, is one of the hardest industries to be in. Absolutely. In general, and you know, without getting too you know lost in a hole, 
you know, they don't pay those people enough money to deal with the shit they deal with. I, I think if the CEOs of some of these big companies had to sit in the offices and listen to what these these managers and employees dealt with yeah. on a daily, I had a lady one time, um, she ordered a cup of cheese at Wawa or a something, a cup of cheese for a pretzel, wow. and she brought the cheese cup back and said it wasn't hot. She threw it on the ground, yeah, got nuts. all over everything, and, right. and you know these people are just you know they half of them are on drugs and or whatever. Half of them. I, I like. I think that like better than half are normal, but it's that one person that oh, comes yeah. in and just and you know what that people take that home with them. One half of one percent is gonna ruin it yeah. for everybody. There's a lady that works at Wawa with us. She got five kids. She's a single mother. Yeah. She got a lady throwing a fucking cup of cheese at her during the day while she's working, worrying yeah. about her five kids when they're coming home from school. You know, are they sick? Are they okay? What are they doing? What is this? What is that? Managing. Her parents are helping her out. Take care of the kids. You know, like that's her own situation to deal right. with. But I, I but always you don't felt need like, that shit on top. Of right. I always felt like it was such a stretch to ask people to, oh well, make sure you smile at work all the time and drink yeah, the yeah. Kool Aid and have a, you know. Yeah. Uh -huh. Right. It is. It's always been a tough business. My family had restaurants and pizzerias up north years ago. I used to have to go to work there. They gave me one day off for the summer. The next day, go to. The, you gotta go work. You gotta go work in the pizzeria. Tough business. Tough, hard, long hours. A lot of preparation, and then you got to put up with the jackass customer once in a while. What about you gotta get them. what about bingo? When you did bingo, what was that like? That was a pretty good gig. Explain that. What, as long as it lasted. Well, we fell into it accidentally. Actually, somebody asked us to do them a favor and watch his bingo business. He had a kitchen at a bingo, and he would just give them a hot dog, a hamburger, like packaged cake and stuff. But we liked doing it. It was four of us. And we liked it. We, you know, people would go, oh, you guys, the other guy, I forget his name. Ben. ben right, Ben. He he wouldn't even open a can of sauerkraut for them. Or, you know, a little something extra. No. Well, we said, well, what do you want? And they'd start there telling us. Well, we were there a couple of months and then waiting for him to come back because he had some kind of surgery. And all of a sudden, was, what, 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 what do you want us to do? Tell us. Oh, we had hot dogs, hamburgers, sausage sandwiches, sausage and peppers. Tuna melt. Tuna melt. That was a hot seller. And it was just... We'd make him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich if they asked. Well, by the time he got back, we had like a full menu. Yeah. I mean, these people were, were freaking. So we said, well, okay, we got to leave. He's back. Oh, no, no, no. You ain't going nowhere. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so he says, okay, stay. So we stayed there. And then one of the nice ladies who came to play bingo, they... These people are very serious about bingo. They play three, they play a couple of nights a week in different places. So she comes out and says, well, I'm over the fucking river. She says, they got no food. Blah, 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 blah. Long story short, we go to talk to the guy in charge. We go in that kitchen. Now we got two places. And we had a ball doing it in the beginning. Yeah. But to do two bingos two nights a week each. It was, was a lot of work. Was a seven-day-a-week job. Because you had a shop. Shop. He, at this store and that Because we had a lot coupons, of food. prep everything. Stuff we used to do home. Tuna salad, egg salad. You know, stuff like that. This is what they wanted. They right. pay for it. Right. We had fries, onion rings. I remember the frozen stuff. There was a... There oh, was chicken a, tenders. Yeah. Just sell them like hotcakes. People love those. They love Five, six chicken Ch tenders yeah. at a time. We had, I think it was five or six. Yeah. With little fries on the side. We used to get and a soda, a drink, a coffee or a soda. We're only charging them like four bucks. Yeah. Four or five bucks. It was bucks. a great deal. Oh, they loved it. Yeah. They'd come in early from work. I remember. Eat dinner. They'd come in a couple hours early. Mm -hmm. Bingo didn't start till seven. They were there at four thirty, five o'clock. 
having dinner. I remember the one lady who used to work at the hospital here in so she, yeah. she used to come with her big cup of coffee. Yep. But she's still around. Um, yeah, I've seen her at the hospital. She used to ask us to fill up her cup of coffee. Marie. We we charge her a buck to fill up her big ass twenty four ounce. I gave her coffee cup. after a while. Right, and she was just a sweet lady though, and she came yeah. in. She was one of those people. She'd order a sandwich and a yep. thing, whatever. Every what she'd it? sit there and hang out two three hours before bingo started. Yep, they all get together, sit together. You know, they had to sit there. You know, in their seats. Assigned, in their oh, assigned don't seats. Mess, don't mess yeah. around. Well, very superstitious group of people. They had gnomes in front of them. They had little trinkets and stuff for good luck. They were nuts. Yeah. Well, that was a progressive jackpot. Yes, that one. So people used to go bananas because they'd have a line out the door some nights when the jackpot was up to a couple of grand. Yeah. And and people hit and they went wild. Oh yeah, it was yeah. big money. That place was wild. A lot of money. What about uh? What about that? I feel like a lot of the carnival, like made bingo happen. Yeah. Like the they relationships knew from the carnival. Well, they did. That's how we got dragged into the first one because. They knew us from the carnival. The guy, Ben, knew us from the carnival. carnival. Knew, and you knew... guys used to cook at the carnival. Oh, yeah. And that was a great thing. Every year, the carnival oh, yeah. would come around, and they'd build it up in the parking lot, and, and rides, and games, and the oh, church. great, yeah. The church would host the whole thing. But, it, I mean, you're talking about, you want to bring your kid out to a carnival. Paying like, go cheaper Paying like anyway. 20 bucks for a whole night on limited rides. You run, let the kid that, run around, face yep, paint, yep. and clowns. And, and then you go inside. They, you, they cook they, outside. Music. You go inside. Live bands. They yeah. have a 50 50. People oh. winning $20,000 on the 50 yeah. 50 at the end of the week. Yeah. You know, there, and there's a lot of stuff there, too. A lot of the, um, a lot of the, like, the cultural groups used to come out. The, the, the Irish, what's that, oh. um, what's that called? Hibernians. The Hibernians used to come out. Music. And then there was, like, the Polish American group used to come out. Yeah. What's the circle? The K. The, the Lions. Oh, the Lions used Lions to come Club. out. All the different, it was great because people like to like kind of cord off the church in its own little corner. But this carnival thing, we had a lot of people coming in from oh, the yeah. outside. Yeah, because everybody was trying to do, do their thing to make money to help people, other people right. out. Toy Run used to do Which that too. Still... We, we used to do the carnival. Was a, carnival was work, but it was yeah. a lot of fun. Well, we had fun we had doing it. a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, yeah. We did. The whole back row of the, of the Every tent Every night was... after it was over, we'd sit inside oh, and have yeah. a few cocktails and laugh and... We had wheelchair, what, what do you call it? chair races? Oh, yeah, remember? we did the <laughs> office chairs with the, yeah, I remember. Sliding them on the gym floor. Yep. Oh, my God. That was a lot of fun. We did a lot of fun at the church, too. Put wine in, in, uh, in the water guns. In water guns, just squirting each other's mouth. <laughs> that, was, that was a lot of fun. I remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. All kinds of ideas. The toy yeah. run, too. We did the toy run for a couple of years. It's a, it's a motorcycle drive they do. Um, out of the high school, which they're doing again this year. Yep, but it's going to be a, a poker run because they run. they start off at Southern Regional High School. They don't want all those bikes and people congregating together because you have to have social distancing. So they're going to so many go off at a time, right? And then, uh, oh, big man's hold on. a phone call. Well, I don't know if this has been going. Uh oh. Looked up for a minute and I don't. You harnessed it. Erase the, fir the first part of it and we'll do it again. Better now. Yeah. Take whatever you want. I mean, it's a little early. It's, we started this at like we started this at like three o'clock. Like oh, it's it's four eighteen. Yeah. Late. 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 Happy hour started already everywhere else in the world. Ugh. I'll go get one, maybe. Oh. There aren't too many. So. No. 
Give me one too if you get one. Wait a minute. Give me one of those pink cans I bought. I drink a lot of uh, Sierra. Wild, yeah, give me the wild. It's a little sour, sour beer. Very good. They're dropping it on the floor though. It's dropping it all over the place, making a lot of noise. It takes a lot of phone calls. See, this is where I get it from. The hair-brained, like the hair-brained shit that I do, because it's it's from him. It's his fault. I blame him. Guy's got no sense of direction. Lost in a shoebox. It's just all over the place. Oh my god. Yeah, you get lost. You get lost quite a bit. Street streets and avenues, but everywhere else downtown, in the world. Downtown. South, north, south, east, west, that's all I got. I remember us getting lost in Maryland when we, I was oh, a kid that in was Ocean fun. City. We were driving through uh And our little genius. Oh, I know how to write the GPS. Oh, it put us in a nice neighborhood. That was my fault. I did that bad. I did that bad that time. And we yeah. were driving down the street and there's there's nobody on the street. The houses are boarded up, uh-huh. and then we start. To see how, how, how you gonna explain this? And then we start to see. Then we start to see people coming out. Of Undesirable these, people. Well, yeah, people coming out of these boarded up buildings, and you just kind of look. We all kind of looked at each other, and we were like, "All right, oh, we're, like, all right we're not gonna have a problem." Yeah, we are a nice shiny SUV. Yeah, we had a brand new Mercury Mountaineer, Eddie Bauer edition. She loved those Eddie Bauer editions. I know that. Or the the Eddie Fab Bauer's the Explorer. Explorer, whatever. This was a. a a step above that was about his. It was Mercury. We took it in stride, though. We turned around and we well, went. Yeah, back. we took a stride, all right, about eighty miles an hour out of there. <laughs> yeah, it was all good. Because she was freaking. Oh, I think we were all a little nervous. She was stuck to the ceiling. I remember. And it was what what did you just say? What did you tell her? Yeah, like Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. But at a very high pitch. You don't hurt my microphone. Very high strung woman. Don't hurt my microphones. High strung woman. Yeah. It's okay. Well, we we did a lot of that. We were a high stress. We moved. We were a high stress household. Because of one person. Well, no. We moved quick. Everything we did was. was, We were in a hurry. You got to get at least 8,500 things done in one day. Right. We always put a lot of pressure on ourselves as a household to. Because of one person. To do. Well, it was an equal share. Okay. It was pretty. It was pretty evenly spread. I think it was. Okay. You know, okay. you'd come home from work and you'd want to get shit done. And you'd have to do this and that and the other. And I would come home from school. Go, me going to school when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I had to drive you there too. I had to commute. I had to, I had to commute you there. I had to commute myself there half an hour each way, usually, oh, yeah. typically. So you know, you you go into school. School so you started. Had to go to that school. I know. School started. I was up at six thirty. Somebody had to make you go to that school. Six thirty. Couldn't go to school right over here. I did. I tried. I was too late for me. No, from the beginning, right? It was too. Late. It was too late for me. But six thirty in the morning, come home five six o'clock at night. Sometimes, you know, from school all day. Then you want to go home. You want to do shit with your friends. You know, like you're, you're beat, oh, hey. beating your head against the wall. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know what it's like. Yeah. I didn't go home and have a good time. I went home, cut the grass, do this, do that, paint this. Do but this. you did have fun. Yeah, a little bit. Because we talked, we you know, you did we did a lot of. I liked the the fun with, that we with had. With you, I did. Because well, I'm a fun guy. You know? Oh yeah, I'm a real. I'm a real. Well, the apples peach. don't fall far from the trees. Real peach, but we well, had the, all right. Of, the peaches don't fall far from the trees. We had a lot of fun volunteering, which is really what I like about yeah. You know that whole that whole aspect of our lives. Looking oh, back, yeah, it was yeah. Was that we did we did do a lot of um it's good people. Yeah, we did do a lot of like charitable stuff, trying to do good things. You know. And we never thought about it that way, like, oh well, 
you know, we was just hanging. Everybody was just hanging out. Yeah, having yeah, a good liked time. each other. Got along. We're all, you know. Right. We met a lot of good people. At like the minded. Put it that way. Yeah. Especially at the church. I feel like that's a good place for people. Knights uh, of Columbus well, too. Some, then you right. got a lot of wackos show up there too. There's well, nowhere else to go. Right. <laughs> Nobody's gonna. They don't throw them out. They don't tell them to get lost. Right. It's like any social club, though. People, yeah. people walking off the street. And the church, you know, the church always has the right idea in mind. I think when yeah, it comes to that kind of thing. But it's like but then you, you know, got the abusers that come along and just uh, well, they, that, it happens. Cut everywhere. the heart and soul out of it. But that's what, what are you gonna do? Every organization has those people. That's what strong leadership's for. You, you fucking, you oust them, yeah, and you and you bring it back. You know. You can only do so much. That's right. You can only do so much. We That's... should have started you out with the beer at the beginning of the show. Yeah, that, was, that wouldn't have been a good idea. I think that would have been a better idea. I don't know what that was idea. beer. What is that? It's uh White? What? A wild little thing, slightly sour ale. Ooh, sour. It's got guava, hibiscus, and strawberry. Nice. It is really good. I like the hazy one a little better. You're a beer guy. You're a big Miller Lite guy. No, no more. No, I, you used to be. When you drank and you had a good time, what did you like? Back in the day, it was all Budweiser. I love Budweiser. Bud cans. Bud heavy, baby. Sixteens. Sixteens. Big boys. Pound them. I love them. Go get coffee. Always call it coffee. Oh. <laughs> Go to get coffee. We drank a lot of coffee. And, you know, we, we had good times. You're a real domestic beer guy. You don't like the craft beers? Yeah, I tried them. I liked some of them. But I just, I don't know. I'm a creature of habit, I guess. I guess. When I get on one thing like now, I'm on a Corona kick. I like it. I can even drink it without the lime, but I'd rather it with it. Cause well, I never, but I never Because I think the liquor store should sell limes. But a they, lot of them do. They don't do that. A lot of them do. This liquor, store, this liquor store down the road here, um, I was in the liquor store last night, and I was picking this up out of the fridge, and the lights started going off. It was 7.01. The liquor store's closing oh, at 7 yeah. o'clock at he night. He pulls the sidewalk in. I don't know was, why. And he was, you got to get down the road to the Spirits, which charges like double. Double. The Spirit down the road here by us go is, is closer to LBI. It's not the local town store. So, you know. So in the summer, he's, they want to whack the bennies right. over the head. And they're beating you up over the head. Meanwhile, but the, I don't, lo the but, locals who are making half the money every year are paying, you know, top, top buck. Well, that's why we go to the other guy, but you got to go early. Right. Yeah, that's, it is what it is. But I, I agree. It closes way too early, I mean, if I owned a joint, I'd, I'd open till 10 o'clock. Did you try to open a business a couple times? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What happened there? What, oh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Oh, I forgot about that oh, whole saga. Oh, that was a whole... Tell us about North Carolina. Well, after I got out of my job, uh, fought, you know, whatever. Well, you, you were retired. Forced, forced you were retired. Reti yeah, this. forced retirement. Right. The, I knee, said, the knees made you retire. And yeah. You, you they, were... You didn't want to retire from life, so no, you... No, 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 I want to still make money. I want to still, you know, but I, so I have a few associates of mine, call it them, call it's them It's really just the same three or four associates. No, these were, well, the one was the same. Right. The other one, he was, we got involved in a little uh, business venture down there because we caught wind. Well, the one guy lived down there already because he was thrown out of the state of New Jersey, but that's another deal. And uh, he went down, he was living there already. And uh, he gets wind of uh, Dolly Parton coming down to build Dolly World. And for people who don't know, Dolly Dolly World is a really real place. Oh, nobody, everybody I, knows it's a Dolly very, It's like Walt Disney. No, people don't know what Dolly World is because everywhere I've been and I've talked about this to people just casually, 
you were the first person I heard about it from, and a lot of people that I know. Really, I was the first person. Well, she got the big them. one in Tennessee. Right, it's a big like middle of the country amusement park. Like people don't know, like Six Flags it's, has it's, more than one location in Jersey. It's like, upscale. It's very uh, hotels in there, and right. She's got everything's on premise. Yep. I've never been to one of these places. No, I've but seen them on TV. You just said right. it's like Disney World. Yeah, well, it's sort of. They got rides. They got entertainment. Right. Entertainment. It's a big country western thing. Okay. Theme. And now you went down there because she was coming. Well, yeah, the, the plans were made. Plans were made. She went down, purchased property, and a lot of property. And the only big industry they had at the time was. If you ever watch a show, it was on Discovery, I think. Or it was a the Swamp Loggers. Right. It was in the in that town. Yeah, it was close by. The biggest industry there is the paper mill. So they cut down trees. If you worked there, you, you were doing good. Right. Other than that, there wasn't much. The whole town was just supporting the people who worked in the timber industry mostly, and the paper industry. Mostly. Right. But that timber, that thing, that paper mill went online and offline a lot. So they'd be out of work and then they'd go work. Whatever. So then Dolly Parton shows up. Oh, I'm going to build a Dolly Parton. Okay, cool. Now, everybody who's, you know, the internet didn't get a hold of this, like, it, you know, for some reason. It's not a rig. It's it's on Lake Gaston. It's not near the ocean. It's three hours from Nags Head, North West. Carolina. West, correct? Yeah, well, in, inland. Right. To go there, you got to go east toward the water for three-hour ride. So it was sort of a good place for her. Because there was a lot of a lot of land for sale for a good price, and the interstates, the highways, would have connected good. Right. So she that's the reason she went. She got that area, and uh, so she went down. She starts building all this stuff. So the state of North Carolina said, "You got to put a sort of an infrastructure up." Right. You're, we're talking about. She wanted to put an amusement park in the middle of the fucking woods. There was basically nothing, there was nothing yeah, around. Yeah. Besides she that lake, to run the town. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was there was Absolutely. there was a school. A school. A school. Yeah. Not like here where there's... There's a couple of private schools. Not like here where in Tom's River we got five high schools. Yeah, no, in no, Tom's no, River. No, 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 no. No, this is a school for a yeah, few yeah. kids. Yeah. The graduation the from people. high school there was like uh, less than 100 kids, right. 100 kids. Right. Well, that's like when I graduated high school, graduated, graduated class of 36. But that was a public school, was that? Right. Public schools graduating 50 kids, 100 kids yeah. is not, it's nothing. That's the population. That's you it. went down there, but what was the business that you wanted to get into? Because well, we got into a bar restaurant business. Okay, we bought they bought bought a purchased an old biker bar that was, you know, the local local watering hole. Huh? This yeah, was just a local. Oh, well, it wasn't. Yeah. It was. It was, it was beat was, up. It yeah. was pretty pretty raunchy. There was no bathroom. There was the bathrooms were there. It was room, like you know, there was no toilets in them. They pee through a hole in the floor, stuff like that, and. uh but the structure was good, so he ripped everything out, tore everything out, made it real nice. Put uh, they, they never seen uh, sports bars. Right. They didn't know what a sports bar was. Right. Like you have up in Jersey, like you know. So we we put like granite counter, uh, granite bar top, granite tables. We're gonna put the kitchen. We put a nice kitchen in. They put everything. You took beautiful. this. You took this shit dive bar and you to turned a whole it into nother level joint. Because we don't, we are Dolly's coming. I bought property. The other two, the other guy, he bought property, and the guy who lived there already already had a nice house on the lake. So one thing led to another. Building things are building up. There was only one other guy who was competition. He was on the lake, and he had all the local business for years and years. 
So he was he was the king of the hill. Right. Which was fine. But I mean, but in a town but, like that, you can share. When there's only two guys. When you're competing. getting Dolly Parton opening up, right. you know the pe- the, the employment people it was going to employ alone. They were look. They were going to have moved there. People they were going to relocate. They were going to build houses. Of course. Wow. It was uh, an hour, two hours from uh, what's the big city there? Raleigh. 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 Well, Raleigh was the big city. Big city is not a big city to us, so, but well, it, to them it was. It was. It's not nice. only you work in Manhattan for twenty five years, but right. Raleigh's a pretty medium sized city exactly. compared to the rest of the country. Right. So they would people work for the amusement park want to live close by. Sure. So they, they had everything. Everything was ready to ready to go. They, she was approved. They, the whole nine. And then, oh eight oh nine happened. Stock market took a crap. Dolly had to shovel the gold shovel in the ground. Well, she came back and pulled the shovel out and said, sorry, boys, I'll see you later. And she left the little Band-Aid station and a, a replica of the Grand Ole Opry there. There's a replica of the Grand Ole Opry? Oh, yeah. They got so far it on. that they built... Oh, yeah. They built that there? Yeah, it was up and running. Wow. They had entertainment in there, country western music, oh, big big names. Right. Garth Brooks was, was, was there. coming to perform there, yeah. Yeah, he was already yeah, doing yeah, it because they were trying to get this thing built up. Right. And so their names Drive were coming, attention. and people were coming from all over because everything down there is country music and NASCAR. Yeah. Now, the whole state of North Carolina is. Oh, yeah. Na- the NAS- North Carolina is the state of NASCAR. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, you. I don't think people realize, like, I mean, as I got older, I got back into NASCAR. We watched it a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, we were younger, younger. And, shit. and now that I've gotten older and it's like, I realize like, nah, nah, it's such a huge industry. It was. And even now it is. They've it's lost still, a lot of traction. It's evolving. It's evolving, that sport. And it's oh, interesting yeah, to uh, watch. It's evolving. But um, there's so much that goes into that. That's really interesting to me. But North, North Carolina is a wild place. They're actually one of the top states in the country right now. They approve more craft brewery licenses a year than any other state in the country. And there's more breweries down there now than anywhere. And even in Jersey, we have um, we have a lot of craft breweries here. We have over, yeah, yeah. I think it's over 150 now. You should take me to one once in a while. I, I, how would we get you home? With you. Well, yeah? How am I going to get That's home? That's what Uber's is for. <laughs> Okay, we'll go to we'll go to. Craft but you're Brewery. so cheap. I don't want to. Not wanna, even funny. You know how expensive an Uber would be to go down to Cape May? That's my favorite. Cape one. May. Cape. Cape May. This Cape. one's right here. Cape May Brewery is the best. Oh, one. stop it! Oh, this is the one in Manahawk. Stop it! But, so you go to so one. So what was what was the experience like when you got? You done? We're so far off track with this. What did you get? What was the experience like when you got done in North Carolina? Done. I didn't get started yet with the story. Built the place, opened it up, got all kinds of money going, got all kinds of. It actually, was actually going pretty well. Even amidst, even amidst the whole economic crisis. No, it was right into it, right, right the beginning of it. But once it hit, that was it. Game yeah. over. It was game over. Just like that. All the property values that were supposed to go up went the opposite way. Yeah, well, and it, then it was worth nothing. And then another big incident came into life. Naturally. And that was that that put the that put the kiboshes on everything. Right. So what are you gonna do? You know. But North Carolina was a great time. We got there was people down here from up here. No, oh, that's everywhere. First I, bartender we hired was from bartender was from was from Staten Island. Moved moved to South Jersey, then down there. His parents had money though. They had house on the lake. Nice guy, good right. guy, but batshit crazy. Yeah, well. And so was his sister. 
they were all batshit crazy. Once they get down there and something happens, they inject them with something. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck they problem. They're all crazy bastards. The rednecks would come in, drink beer in the bar, they'd go outside and have shots of moonshine in the parking lot. And they'd come back in again. <laughs> Insane. Funny as shit. Then they play this game called the thing you throw at the hole. Cornhole. Cornhole. I never heard of cornhole in my life. We played stoop ball. We played jacks. We played this. We played that. We played poker. <laughs> we played craps. Those were our games. I go down there, these, these idiots are in a parking lot of the, of the joint. I pull up with my Cadillac, and they got these things. Look, I thought they were ramps. I thought they were going to change my oil, these assholes. I pulled up. I was going to run up on them. I, they were ah, screaming, yelling, what are you doing? They, they used to call me a, a name I didn't like, Soprano. I didn't like that. But anyway. You're the furthest thing from Soprano then. But I was down, going down there, a big dark blue Cadillac. That's what got And you. I had my Baba shirts on yeah, and shit, yeah. you know. <laughs> so... So whatever. Baba shirts. These, these, yeah, they used to call me and Steve. Oh, here they come, the Sopranos from New Jersey. Well, okay, whatever. As long as you're spending your money, I don't give a crap what you, whatever. But we had a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Rednecks are—they're freaking good people. They're nuts, but they're good people. They're honest. Oh well, they don't know how to not be stupid, but honest. Exactly. I had we had this one little kid worked for us, little girl. Well, she's not little no more. Beautiful, cutest little thing. She had blonde hair, blue eyes. Run around the place. She was a waitress. We, she became a waitress. Run around the tables. They loved this bubbly personality, the whole shit. So we used to cook our own stuff in the kitchen once in a while. You know, we'd make a little this, a little that. You know, we brought that pork roll. Oh, they probably shit their pants. Taylor Ham pork roll? We call it pork roll. Anyway... We bring we it down. We throw it. a few slices on the grill, let it sizzle. They come in and they would be doing backflip. I could sell it for ten bucks a slice. These assholes would buy it. It's the only place in the country, and I've and I've tested this out when I, I go other places. I should bring it down in coolest. Yeah, and I went to Philly with John not too long ago, and I went to a bagel. Oh, shop. Oh, it was great. Went to a bagel shop. I asked for a pork roll, egg, and cheese out of force of habit, and the lady just looks at me with like this stare, and she's like, uh, she's like, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from South Jersey. She's like, well, we don't have pork roll here. She was like, but I can give you Spam or whatever else. And I was like, oh, you know what? Just let me get in everything with butter on it. That's Oktoberfest. Yeah. Oh, we had a lot of fun down there with these rednecks. Yeah, we call them rednecks, which is, which is what they are. And 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 we uh, and we're the, we were wise guys. They called us. They called us all kinds of freaking names. That's a, it's all good. They they loved us though. They used to drive around in fucking golf carts and shit. They didn't even have cars, some of these guys, right? Oh, yeah, around the lake, yeah. You, you could because there wasn't that many people. In mean, summertime, it used to get real busy. People would come from all over to, to the lake. It was a big bass fishing lake. They had bass tournaments, if you're into that. I was never that much into freshwater fishing, but when I found out what these people were doing, we were going to, if things were successful, we were going to put up another hotel, motels. Motels. They had prefab motels. Like we looked, a, like a we looked at kind of thing? no, 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 our own shit. Prefab motels. They come in in sections. They stack them on two floors, three floors. The one guy who owned this says, "You guys are more than welcome down here. You're gonna put money. You're gonna put money down here. Right. Put it into a motel. Put, put you got a restaurant. You got a restaurant already. Put a motel. They they have this fishing thing. It's a tournament. They come from all over the country. I saw boats. Those freshwater the tracker, bass boats. The tracker boats. They you, yeah. they want the fortune. Yeah, they're 
these guys is, oh yeah, this, that's some serious shit, serious these guys. Stuff, yeah. And we were like looking into that at the same time. Never got off the ground because the other first thing didn't get off. Right. But it it was it was a beautiful place. That part of North Carolina is beautiful. But you know, it's not as popular because it's not on the ocean. Well, it's tough too because there's a limited industry there as well. Yeah. So you're but, waiting for the industry to come to the town, not the town evolving exactly, for the industries exactly. around it. This was something that I noticed too when um, we went out to um, Tennessee a year ago, two years ago, whatever it was. Um, for the NASCAR race in Bristol, and every you drive you drive down the road and you'd see signs all over the side of the road. Uh, vote for this, vote for that, vote for that. Well, me and the boys were down there and we were fucking trying to figure out what the fuck we're voting for. What are these people voting for? And it's a similar situation to what you're talking about in Gaston. These people out in Bristol, you know, they get that once a year shot in the arm. Yeah, NASCAR yep, yep. comes around for two weekends a year, mm -hmm. and then they're waiting for a casino to get built. Meanwhile. Oh. The whole right. fucking town looks like it's falling apart. Yep, yep. There's there's a main road, and when I tell you a, a main road, that's what it was. I mean, it's a half a mile road yeah, man. with bars and restaurants on each side of it. Yep. And Bristol was a big country music town, and it was a big uh, oh yeah, it was a big um, rail uh, cargo rail uh, industry. Yeah, yeah, and they did you know, a unload off of yeah. goods there. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly, and that's where the industry came from. When the, and when railways started to go by the wayside. You know, yeah, well, big big companies put these things in rural areas because it's more cost effective for them. Right. And then, you know what's great, though? You talk about being in rural areas. I think the whole COVID situation, I think that's really going to help a lot of these, these rural areas. Yeah. I well, think people, people are moving, are people moving, are moving out. out to these places now, even in the Midwest, because they, they know that they, don't, they can make money. It's a different world. It's coming. It's here. You can make money without going to an office. Right. Or going, and who or, the fuck wants to squeeze himself into a cubicle exactly. every day? Exactly. You, you know? can do it at home. You can do it from wherever. You know, like real estate people, they're opening little little satellite offices out there. They could sit in a, maybe two or three of them, they rent a little place beside their house. Because some people have to go somewhere right, instead of sitting in their pajamas. I understand that, though. So they got to go somewhere. So they go to these little, little, little offices, two or three of them. That's all. And then when they're done working, they go home. Or when they go play, whatever they do. Right. And that's what it's coming to. Yeah. They don't need to be big high-rise buildings and shit no more. City's going city's gonna to go to... Well, go to that, that's my opinion, they're going to go to crap. That's something that I've heard about, too, is that, like... Oh, you going to get... The rents in Manhattan are down 70... Over 70% yeah. now, as far as people that are trying to... Well, the kids you know, are not... Colleges, places. they're not even going to school now in, in Manhattan or Philly because of all the, the riots and all this bullshit. Plus the rent is so high, they stay home and do it online. Right, and a lot of people are are, are afraid. They're afraid to go into these like vastly populated areas. Oh yeah, and and especially now with the ability to work remotely. Oh yeah, you know you could move anywhere and make make. You get a kid from the Midwest money. coming here to go to school. They 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 shit their pants the first three months they're here. Well, naturally, imagine imagine they don't know what to do. Yeah. Imagine going. To, imagine if I had gone to school in like Manhattan or something like NYU, like even from South Jersey. I feel like South Jersey is a great, a great example because there is such a stark contrast. You drive south of exit. One of the best schools in the country, NYU. But, yeah, but, you drive south of exit eighty-seven. It's like you. It's like you fell into a hole. Oh yeah. And and you know even where we are here, we're off. You know, you know along the shore is a different story. But once you head down, like, I call it the spine, the spine of New Jersey. Okay. Down in South Jersey, it starts right about Medford, and it runs all the way down to Vineland. Uh-huh. And that's where people are farming. They're, they're oh, yeah. Oh, they've been doing cattle, that cattle, cattle farming. There's sod ranches. You got ocean spray still here. 
Yeah, they are. They are. Cranberry bogs. Tons of them. Southern half of New Jersey exports more produce um, per year to the United to the whole of the United States than any other state. So we, we do. We're still the garden state. As much as people like to look at the concrete jungle shit up north, I mean, you could cut this state in half. And it's oh, a yeah. lot. It's a lot different than people think. Look it where is. I went today to that airport. It was through country. There was horses. There's cows. There's all kinds of. You shit. go up in Freehold, and you go up in Colts Neck, and it's, it's still all, there. It's all country. It's all country shit. But I know. so you did the North Carolina thing, and what was the takeaway from that? Like, would you ever move down there? Not that area. Not that area. too desolate. Yeah, no, no, it's not. Unless you like to just freshwater fish, drink a lot of beer. I mean, that's what a lot of people like. And if you have a house on the lake, it's beautiful. Oh, I'm sure. The scenery, gorgeous lake. It's really beautiful. I think I've it, been on it. It's 90 miles long. Yeah, big man-made lakes. It's freaking huge. Yeah, it, it's a power plant there. It's a nuke, uh, not a nuke. It's a water power. A hydro. Hydro power. Hydro plant. Couldn't think of the word. Hydro power. They, they built the lake. To, they, there's a generating station there. Right. I would imagine that's a good job if you can get in there. Whatever. Whatever. But it, catfish, catfish as big as dogs. Right, they were pulling them out. Were, big dogs. Were they doing that shit like you see on TV oh, yeah. where they stick their hands down yeah, in their mouths? Yeah, they got a name for that. They stick their hands. Who? Is it called gigging? Maybe. Or is that what they do with the frogs? No, I where think they, that's frogs. they kill the frogs with the, uh, the bone arrow. Yeah, that's You ever seen frog. that shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit's wild. Oh, they do some crazy shit down there, these people. They got the bone arrow on the spool of string. I They're out of their minds. I almost bought one of those when I was hanging out with Mikey B a lot. We were going fishing. And we yeah. were shooting bows after, and I, I I thought about going bow fishing. That shit's crazy. I see. I, I think it would be pretty cool. You you got to judge the whole thing different because it's in the water. You got to you got to shoot it like six feet in front of it before whatever. It's really you got to be really talented to do shit like that too. Oh yeah. Because of that, you look down in the water. Bows and you have to, I love bows. You got to realize how far down in the water that fish the is, depth, and then and, the light yeah. refracts off the surface of the water. And, and gives your eye the illusion that the fish is here, so far really away, here. and it's really not. Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a tough. That's a really tough thing. Right. I'd love to get a hunter on the podcast. Oh, I'd love to get somebody go. who hunts on the podcast to explain to me, Jimmy like Jimmy Griffin. Jimmy Griffin, a, a friend of the pod, gave Urkel. I'm sure he's going to listen Urkel to this. Hunt. He, him and his father, they duck. That hunt. man carries a gun. No, he doesn't carry a gun. I mean. Goes hunting with a gun? He goes hunting with a gun. Mm. He's a big fisherman, too. Mm. I'd rather see him he's fish. Out here, he's I'd out rather here see him a... fish than shoot a gun. <laughs> he's out here. <laughs> I love the guy. He's a good kid. He'll probably listen I love to him. this, too. So. Hey, Johnny, stick to the fishing pole, eh? That's Gabe. Oh, Gabe. Gabe. I'm Urkel, I'm sorry. Gabe, your father? Yeah, he. I, I trust him. You better stick to a, right, uh, a fishing pole. Fishing Give pole. the old man a rifle. The old man's only had one Corona and half of a uh, Cape May, and he's already and he's already mixing up everybody's names. I know. Well, such a lightweight. It's got nothing to do with that. I know. I'm just fucking with him. I'm thinking ahead. Thinking ahead. Think of things. Names, please. I just learned about seventy new names down in Florida. I don't know who the frick is who. I get the wives mixed up with the husbands. I don't know what the fuck. (laughs) What other businesses did you want to get into, though? Because that's where I we started this food, whole... I went to this. You did, went... Bingo, did Bingo was your own business, essentially. Yeah, it was. It wasn't like a high-end kind of thing, but no. you, you guys ran that like it was, it was a business. Yeah, it was like a stand. Or, but we, we, we brought it to another level. We brought it to an up, a higher level of food, as far as food goes. Right. 
Food's a good business. It's a good profit business. Didn't you want to open like a pizzeria or some oh, shit yeah, down here one time? Then the, there's a deli in Weartown. It was uh, Shotzi's. Shotzi's, yeah. But the the, place if anybody in Weartown is a freak apart, man. It's a mom and pop. It was an, a real original mom and pop yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah. Did I remember a great that business. Place. Great. They had great fucking bagels in that place. Where you they got them from, I don't know, but great. They got them from, uh, from Bageletti's. Bageletti's? Or, uh, or from uh, Bagel and Beyond. Bageletti's most, I think. The, well, the, between the Bageletti's and Bagel and Beyond, I don't know. I don't think Bagel and Beyond was there when he was. No, he was before That's that. way back. I'm going back. 80. Yeah, mid-90s. Mid-90s. I was, I went in there. He, was, he had put it up for sale once. He only wanted 50 grand for it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Pull it out of my pocket back then. Right, back then. It was back then. Keep in mind though, for people who are listening, the night the eighties and the nineties, probably the most the most economically flourishing time in American who history. Who smoked fifty dollar cigars. Right. And and you do that you wouldn't bat an eye, you know? So today we live in a different world where if you're a young person at 25, 30 years old, or I think 30 is still young, but it is um, very young. You know, making smoking a fifty dollars cigar, you scratch your head and you go, "Do I really want that?" No, well, back then we could do it. But anyway, um, what was I going to say? The Shotzi's. Oh, Shotzi put a little sign in the window, and I, I'm still up north and down here doing car repair. So let me go talk to this guy. We went in there one day on a weekend. We used to go there early, go fishing. We used to go get the I'm sure had a pork roll egg and cheese sandwich and knock your socks off. I remember. I remember so, eating there a handful of times when I was a kid. Anytime you see police cars around the place, you know you this know food's good. Because yeah. those cops, and it's cheap. And that they, was the only joint in town, too. Because cops are cheap by nature. I got, I got a lot of good friends that are <laughs> police officers and state troopers. But anyway... <laughs> I went in and talked to the guys. Oh, what's going on? He said, oh, we sat down at the table. He gave me a cup of coffee. You're interested? Yeah, I'm interested. Blah, blah, blah. The refrigeration was shot. Right. I mean, the units. Well, the I, place had been there for how long? Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, it, it had to be gutted. Right. It was clean enough, but it's just old stuff. Yeah. You know, old equipment. And he had an old slicer. He had his, uh, his, his, uh, he had a sandwich table. They call it a sandwich table. They can make certain things. You know, it's, I got a... Uh, like a deli table. Yeah, you cut. Yeah, you, you cut your meat. You yeah, can do all your shit there. Right. You use a knife on top of it. Whatever. Right, the, the, the plastic But shit. it was shot. Right, it was an old place. Cleaned. Like I said, clean. But that needed to be replaced. Right. So, 50 grand for the business. I said, yeah, but you know, you can't buy customers. Because unfortunately, any business you take over that's got to do with customers... The public, you're gonna lose on average. And this, this is statistics. This is not me talking. Okay. <clears throat> this is a fact. You're gonna lose thirty, sometimes up to forty-five percent of your of your customer base after a new owner. Absolutely. Really. So you can't sell me your customers because people walking off off the street buying food. It could be good. Well, and you know be. this from the car industry too, as well. Oh, yeah. Where, where things change hands and people go oh. elsewhere because they don't trust it. Yeah, but they don't know you, whatever. Right. Or they come in and have one little slightly. Oh, you don't do it like uh, Gumbazikiam did. Right. The guy oh. before you did it well, this well, way. Well, they don't yeah, like Tony. It. Tony's gone. You know what do you want me to tell you? You know what happened? I don't know. He had an accident. He disappeared. I don't know where the hell he is. Right. I, I don't know. He's nothing. gone. He retired. He's I don't gone. know. He disappeared. I don't know where the fuck he is. He took off. So anyway, they start bitching, and then. They, because people will complain about the slightest little thing. Well, naturally. You know. Talk about customer service. That's what it's that's all about. That's what it is. 
a little hair in there. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pull the hair out and eat the freaking thing. But anyway, and uh, that's what they do. But so, so you can't sell me that. See, if you're selling me equipment, uh, uh, the place was rented. His rent was, at that time, wasn't bad. Because it was just, you know, it was still not that established here. Right. It was still... I was willing to go in on the 50 grand without a problem. But it was the rest of it. Then I was going to stay up there, up north, until it got rolling. And my ex was going to run it. And she didn't want to do it. Right. So why? Give it a year. Give me a right. year. 12 months. Give me a year to pull out up there and come down here and make it. When the goat starts rolling... We're good. We're, We're good, good to go. We, I can leave the city and we can get going. And just, it just so didn't I, I was getting real tired of that freaking going back and forth shit. I don't blame you. Then I tried a place on Long Beach Island. Same thing. It, had, it was a deli downstairs and he had a he lived upstairs. Building property. Building property. Everything. Everything. Building property, business, equipment. the whole, And it was pristine condition. Right. Yeah. I think back then it was like 150000 Maybe a little more than that. That's where Skojo's is. I don't know. It's not on any island. You made a right. You go down toward uh, Holgate, maybe? No, I definitely don't know what it is. Anyway, it was blue. I'll never forget it. It was blue and white, the whole building. They just wanted out. They want to retire. Right. Anything Again, down there is a gold mine, too. Same problem. Couldn't right. Get no, well, couldn't get nobody to run it until I got out. Well, it's hard. It's a hard That's a hard ask, and it's a hard thing to... Oh, absolutely. It's a tough business. Right. And but you a... only got it if you do it right efficiently and make as much money every day as you possibly can, you could get in and out in 10 to 15. Sure, absolutely. You don't have to spend the rest of your life there. No, you it's, sacrifice it's 10 mine. or 15 and you go move on to right. something else. Now, let me ask you something. So you, you had these little business ventures. Do you think it's harder now for people that when you were your age... Think about how old were you when you went into the when you were sniffing around uh, doing this? Twenty five in my thirties. All right, so in your thirties, do you think it's harder for the average thirty year old person to get into something like that now than no. it was back then? No, absolutely not. You don't think so? So you don't you don't think it's too big of a thing for a young young guy today to try and penetrate that market and open their own business like that? No, not really, not at all. Because now they're investing money into. Education, which is not a bad thing, but I don't think everybody's fit for that kind for professional education. What happened? You think there's a? Do you think they could a take big... loans and go into a business? It's just the same thing as buying getting student loans. Sure, you got to pay the everything, price. Everything, everybody's got to um, pay the price. Everything that I, the way I see it, everything is self investment. Whether, exactly. Whether you're investing in your business or you're investing in your education or right. whatever. I just feel we live in a time in, um, in American history right now where, you know, the um, professionally educated, quote unquote, it's so saturated. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So many young absolutely. people do have, to, including me. I'm not, you know. Entrepreneurs can make, do very, very well now because of the fact that you, you just said. Instead of all this college education, which is, I'm not saying it's bad. It's good for certain people. But they, they've, they've saturated these kids' minds that they got to go to school. They gotta go. well, I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing. I'm, you, I always told you. You could go into a business that you don't have to break your back physically, but you got to use your head. Right. You got to use your head. Right. So invest in that instead of that. That was my mistake. I should invest it. I should have stayed in my own business. I, I'm I'm very I'm very close to a lot of people right from this area right now and down in Florida. 
that are trying to get out. Yes, is, is it harder to retire? Absolutely. Because it's harder to sell a business. Right. A very, especially the more successful it is, the more it's worth, the harder it is to sell. Right. But especially that people have less money now as far as like income goes than, than ever before. It's no, it's not. It's 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 just relative to the times. It's relative to the times. If you want to get do that, that's the direction you go. You would like. So I think where you're circling is that you're saying that it's willing. You're you have to be willing to take the risk to open something if you want to be successful. Absolutely. Just, you got to have to take the risk to go to college too. I'm just gonna say just the same as if you were gonna take the risk to go get the education there and. You go. The and investment and the risk. There's, no matter there's investment and risk no matter what you do. In everything. No matter what you do. Exactly. So, I mean, some of these kids that go to college, they, they shouldn't even be there. Well, I graduated with a kid. He was my roommate. He shouldn't be there. A I, lot of them. I had a roommate at Stockton that graduated with a 2.0. Not that they're stupid. They're just better for something else. A 2.0 GPA. Oh, here you and go. And he graduated from college. And his, he probably would have been better served elsewhere. Than to just than to just fake it there you go. through college, you know, and not that everybody's like that, you know. It's no, I get, everybody has to, different talents. I have a great, I have a, I have a friend who I went to high school with. She, um, we went to the same classes together, and today she started teaching one of those classes for the first time. There you go, and that's where higher education to me pays off. Pays off, absolutely. Right. But you have to be willing to go deep enough into it. Yeah, you know what well, I mean. That's so, your sacrifice, right? You sac you go into same as me, opening rest restaurants and and built and doing cars, whatever, elevators, whatever. Like that girl, I know she spent, she spent a lot of money on her education. God bless her. to be an educator. God herself. bless her, that because that's what she in the field she had a desire to do. He's dropping the microphone, guys. Uh -oh. He's dropping the microphone. Well, I gotta play with things. Stop playing with it. Okay. You gotta tilt it because it's gonna fall up. Nope, left to your right. Ah, yeah, shit. Okay. okay, there you go. Don't touch it again. Yeah, don't touch okay. it. You put a napkin under it. I don't know what you put a napkin under. I don't know why, because I think I don't know. A little, little right. OCD. That's okay. You like this beer? This is very nice. The wild little thing? Wild little thing. I didn't think you'd like that with all the fruit in it. No, it's kind of different. It's different. It's, it's got a little snap. I don't like this is good because not less carbonation. I don't like beers that are, like your Miller Lights, your Budweiser oh, they're, Lights. They're just fucking hey. smashed in a can, you know? Right, exactly. And it, the combination is no good for me. Right. Because I fought a lot. Do you know what? It, do you know? <laughs> do you know what a six pack of this cost though? What? It's twelve bucks for a six pack. Oh man! You paid a price. Oh, forget it. You forget paid a price. It. Forget it. Forget it. I remember we used to buy. Uh, Black Label, Carling Black Label. Car that's still Carling's still around, but Get I don't the think they brew anymore. They soda, they do sodas. Oh no, tonic water, red can with a black. And then uh, we used to have Rangold, Shiner, Rangold. What is that? Rangold Brewing Company. You ever drink Shiner beer? Never heard of it. Shinerbach. Oh yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry. Pop I know Steve used to drink that. I apologize. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was good. You shit. know they're still around. Really? They do craft beer now. No kidding. They did a Christmas beer. What does that taste like? Not bad. It's not bad. I, I had it when I was down in D.C. Right I'm around I'm afraid Christmas to get time. into this because... You like what... Well, you just had a Cape May... I like the Cape May. Oktoberfest. I like that a little better than this. Well, th this is but a... this is also good. But this not... is a sour ale you're drinking. You never know it. So it's brewed to be sour with that tart taste. What a tart. Gives you a little tingle on your tongue. A little tingle on the tongue, 
We're taking on somebody else's tongue. It's oh, nice, too. Okay. Right. Hey, y'all. Oh, <laughs> Lord, oh, God almighty. Uh, I get a little tingle from my other tongue. Hey, hey y'all. A little hello, how are you kind of shit. You could have been on stage as, as early far as in the I'm morning, concerned. especially early in the morning. I feel like I feel like you could have been on stage at a young yeah. age. I don't know. They 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 said I could have gave Rodney Dangerfield a run for his money. I think you could have. I think you have I just that came personality. Back from Florida. A guy says to me, "You're fucking hysterical." I said, what are you talking about? He says, "Well, he says give me a joke," and right away, I go right into Dangerfield. Right. I told him. I said, "Look." No respect around here. I get no respect. I get no respect. I said, but not only that, it's the first time I had sex. I was so scared. I was all by myself. <laughs> well, that was it. That was it. Because I've seen Rodney live. And he's one of he's my He's a trip. He's one of my heroes. He's a trip. One of my heroes. He. Um, I feel like you could have done well in the show business industry. And I feel like yeah, that's well. part of the reason that... I don't know. I feel like that kind of shit's like hereditary, and that's part of the reason that I. Uh, yeah, you, you got a little, you got a personality. I gravitate to this medium, yeah. you know, not necessarily the most profitable. Oh, Vinny, want to see but, me and Vinny together? Oh, Rabbi Vinnyvitz, where he dressed uh, up like the, where he dressed up like the rabbi. There's a guy in Florida want, wants to be his uh, his agent. A- agent to go around and do he shit. Said, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have somebody right for you. Who's Vinny? Tell people about Vinny. Oh, my uncle Vinny, my cousin Vinny. I call him cousin Vinny because we grew up together from high school. And that's how we met in high school. Well, we went to different high schools. We used to hang out. Hang out. We used to call it hang out. I don't know what you guys call it today. But I had my my six. We're all still Z, hanging out. My Z twenty eight. He had his. Uh, he had oh he had a Camaro convertible, but he was a sissy car. He had a six cylinder in it, but he he was nuts. <clears throat> and we used to have a lot of those were the best times of my life. The old kid, the old guys in the neighborhood, and I still I'm still I'm still. Good with him. I mean, we oh we we drifted, went separate ways for a few years. Well, that's what happens. Life. He got married, and divorced, and... and then he moved down to Jersey from Staten Island. He went to Tom's River with his ex-wife now, who I love. I mean, I jump in into a pool of shit for her, but I haven't seen Maria. Good, wonderful lady. They raised two wonderful girls. Then he he split, went down to Florida. He met another lovely lady. This guy steps in shit. He could make he could make diamonds out of horse shit. I'm telling you. Never seen a guy with luck like him. But God bless him. I'm glad. Never had any major health problems. He's my age. He's a little younger. A year or two. He's down there in Florida. Been there for a long time now. Gets down there. Well, he had some family. Mother and a sister moved first before him. So he had a little, you know, cushion. Gets down there, starts, you know, motorcycles, the whole freaking nine yards gets out of his mind. Meets this lady, a wonderful lady. And she's just coming out of the service. She was uh, Air Force. Right after Desert Storm, he meets her. She That was her last tour of duty was Desert Storm. She, she was, she actually did a lot with plane, uh, jets, but she was also an RN. This woman's intelligent. I don't know, and gorgeous. Blonde, blue eyes, a, 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 a rack of ribs like you wouldn't believe she could cook really good. Anyway, marries her. Now they're, they're living on. She's got two pensions. She's just retired from being a nurse. Two pensions. And he was a fireman, New York City firefighter. And uh, they're doing very well. What about your friend Vito, too? Tell me about Vito. him. Vito. Wow. Tell me a little bit about him. Oh, Vito. I know him since we were 10 years old. 
You moved on our block. We used to call it a block. Wait, what block you live on? I live on this block. You over there? I'm over here. You know a guy? I got a guy. You got a guy? I got a guy. You got a guy? I got a guy. Anyway, if you don't, oh, I. Oh, everybody's got a guy. Everybody's got a guy. Everybody's got that guy. If you don't have a guy, you got to get a guy. You got to get a guy. You got to hurry up and get a guy. You got to hurry up. Because you get screwed over if you don't have a guy. You got to have a guy. You got to get a guy. Got to get a guy. I'll get a guy. I'll get a guy right, right now. I'll be right back. I'm going to get, get a guy. I'll go get a guy. I'll be right there. Go get him. Anyway, whew, that was hard. Anyway, uh, he. We grew up together, parted ways, you know, like well, life, life again, life. life happens. He went to Pennsylvania somewhere. Yeah, people some move and shit, you know. Asshole into Pennsylvania. We worked in nuclear power, right? Him? No, he was he was a machinist by trade. But he worked in like these battery plants after a while. Right. He was a very successful guy. His his biggest problem was he got married three times. That'll do it to you every That'll time. That'll screw you up it'll, big. It'll pop you right in the right One in the shot for me was enough. <laughs> Three. I can't oh, even imagine. He took a shot and partook us. And anyway, but fortunately, his parents were successful and they they left him some money and he's back back yeah. on his feet. Not wealthy. A little shot in the arm. That's what it takes well, sometimes. Yeah, a little shot in the Still will be hot. He met another, another guy. It's a beautiful, lovely lady. How, what is with these guys? I meet them. They want my money. That's all they figure. You know, the craziest part is you don't have any. And, but they don't know that. They don't care. Must be a more person. But you know Vito how many years? Since we were 10. 10. I've turned 65. So you know 55 Vito 55 years. years. Yep. Think about that. Yeah, it's a, it blows crazy. I don't want shit, to think about right? it. I think about how long I know Mike Bruno, and it's like 15 years. I don't want years. to think about it. I know Mike Bruno almost 15 years now. We've known him since we were five or six years old, since we started like doing shit at church. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Time goes fast. I don't want it to go fast. That's as, scary. As you, as you go up the ladder, as the age goes up, it goes faster. I used to think that was a lot of horse shit. I used to think that too. I remember Mr. Ah, what are you talking about? Do you remember Mr. Sear? Oh, I loved Mr. my sixth Sear. grade teacher, Mr. Sear. He cut his he cut the end of his Great thumb off guy. with a circular saw. Yeah, he wasn't too good. With and skills. he used to joke with everybody that he had. He just, just was the claw finger, whatever. He used to put his fingers on his nose. But I yeah, 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 yeah. I'll never forget though. He told us in sixth grade it was our last day of sixth grade, and he said to to everybody in the class, he said, he said, you know, you guys are gonna go. Up to seventh grade next year. And seventh grade at Pilgrim was when you started changing classrooms. Yeah, yeah. Well, the hormones. Well, whatever. You started changing. You started changing classrooms, and you had a homeroom, and you had to travel around the school. Up till then, oh, you, you got had... to walk around. The school was so big. Well, to sixth graders, the school was a was oh, yeah, a, was, was a maze. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I never forget. He said. He said. He said. Big. Remember time. this moment because. You'll blink your eye and you'll be gone out of the school. You'll be graduated. He's not kidding. And he was absolutely right. Sure he was. And at 25, Mr. Sear is still teaching at Pilgrim. Really? God bless still that. Still teaching man. at Pilgrim. I get. I was. I went there. You were doing something. You you got punished or something. You had to. Uh, after summer. Yeah. You had to go back and clean well, I had, bathroom I, or whatever. I had break. to do summer school a couple of times, and then I had done. No, no. Um, you did something. Um, restitution. They called class. it restitution. Oh, I ate a cupcake oh. before I before yeah, we oh, before crime. we prayed over the cupcake. I took a bite out of it. Severe crime. And severe. I was sentenced. My sentence was sentenced. to <laughs> clean clean the bathroom <laughs> and the uh, vacuum the hallway. Right, right. So yeah, go ahead. So I had to come pick you up on a. It was a Saturday. I'll never forget it. For some reason, it stuck in my head. So there's this poor guy. School's closed. It's summer. And he's, he's, they had a courtyard. You had that big courtyard. I remember. It was a nice-sized courtyard. 
and it was all getting overgrown and everything. And he's out there pulling the weeds and turning it on, putting mulch down. I said, Mr. Seal, what the hell are you doing? He said, well, you know, I do it a little at a time because I want it to look nice when the kids come back. He would take him all summer to right, clean to his freaking place up. Right. Yeah. So he's turning, he's got a pitchfork, he's turning over the cereal. I call it cereal, the soil. Okay. He says, you're doing this all by hand? It was a ton. Yeah. I said, listen, stop. Tomorrow, tomorrow, the genius, the genius inside my son, I'll have to come back and get him. Okay. He says, I got a gift for you. I got a little surprise for you. But don't put the pitchfork away. So he, he was doing other shit that day. So I come back the next day, and I had this little till, a little tiller. What do they call that? Freaking gas uh, power. Uh, rototiller. Rototiller. There you go. There you go. I don't know. I, I swapped. I, I stole it or something. I mean, I borrowed from somebody, whatever. And uh, I, had, I didn't use it much. So I said, I'm going to give it to him. It was like brand new. I remember. So I, I went down there. I got the thing in the car. I put the rototiller in. A, a tank of gas of five, what is it, a little three-gallon gallon jug, whatever you have. And, and the oil, the oil that had to go in. Yeah, there was a two-stroke. Two-stroke. Don't know. Brought it down. It was full of gas. I said, here you go, pal. I opened the back of the uh, truck car. And I pulled it out. I went, boom, boom. Started right up. He went, he looked at me, his face, he, I thought he was going to cry. <laughs> he was so happy, I think he pooped. Anyway, I said, here you go. He says, well, how, how much? How much? Yes, I said, it's on me. He went, what? Are you kidding me? I said, I'll donate it to the school. There you go. He said, the school? He says, you don't have no idea the work you saved me. Yeah. And, and he I, was a good dude too. He, used never to, for, um, he never forgot me for that. He had a party at his house every year oh, for the sixth grade great. kids that were great. going up to the upper the upper school, and uh, yeah, he was a good dude. Yeah, but you know, a lot of people all, that all that are people. around here, a lot of guys from Staten Island moved down here, right? Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> I didn't think they were going to follow me this far, but they did. I went down to Florida. I met, I met a guy from NYPD. I, I'm a uh, fire, fire department. department, yeah. A well, that's what I was, I was going to say that earlier. We were talking about how you went to North Carolina and you hired that bartender from Staten Island. Yeah. I feel like everybody is from New Jersey. Well, yeah. That guy's from Staten Island. But you go down to Florida, you meet guys. It's migration. You meet people from where you're from is it's the point migration. I'm making. Especially Florida. Everybody's down there because right. they're down there for the same but reason. But when I went to D.C., there were more people I met from New Jersey than anywhere else. Well, you people that education. were in, in town who were in the, in the politics, who were in the, People from Jersey. It's different parts of your life. You're going for education, so they're going there too. Right. I'm going to... I'm just saying, though, the migratory kind of thing is crazy that's to what me. That's it is. Oh, that yeah. people from up north, they're always looking to snake their way down south a little bit. Yeah, because things change up there. There's new immigrants coming to the country, which is not a bad thing. It's their turn. But when they come in and they don't want to be Americans, they want to, they want to change America to them. Our parents, our generation... A different. It's just a, such a different so thing we, now. They want to get away, so they want to get away from that. We're done. We had enough, so they moved to places. Like right. This. So they moved down to the heartland of Amer- or the heartland of America, where they feel things are kind of still well, sustainable. Florida, Florida was always it was always a catch-all for the people. It was cheaper. It was there. They don't tax your pension. Right. That's the number one thing. Yeah. In Florida, a lot of a lot of uh, states down south don't. No, the well, they, that's how they attract a lot of business now. Is right, these well. these less less developed? I won't call them undeveloped states because I know people that live in. I know 
friend of the pod, uh, re- uh, guest Nick Strip Matter lives in Mississippi right now. Oh yeah, and I won't call. It's a little tough day. I won't call. I won't call these states undeveloped. It's a little tough, yeah. But it's tough there. Oh yeah. And I feel like that's especially for somebody from up here. And that's really what they're trying to do now down south is they're trying to attract people from other parts of the country by incentivizing Taxes, them with exactly the, the same thing here. And again, we talked about the COVID a little bit, but I feel like the um, the industry shift from working in an office to working at home. You know, people who do want to have the lifestyle of, you know, the country lifestyle where they want to live in a nice country ranch and they want to live, you know, off the beaten path a little bit, but they also want to keep their $100,000 a year job or whatever, whatever their situation is. In this day and age, it's getting to be possible. It can start to happen. Yeah, It can start to happen. Like, look at these shows. You watch these off the grid shows. You think it's a joke? There's 50,000 people, 50,000 families in in the United States that'll live it off grid. You got to think about it this way, though. What you see on TV... What you I, see on I, TV, I it's for TV. I understand. If if there's that many people doing it on TV, how many people are doing it for real? They say fifty thousand. That's what I'm saying. I'm just trying to reinforce what, I don't your, know. what your point. I'm no, you know, know the facts. I don't know what even what the fuck does off grid even mean? Well, you live in the middle of nowhere. You raise your own food. Right. You go hunting. You do the whole. You thing. You hunt. You raise animals. You raise fruit. Uh, ve- I don't fruit so much. Well, you, you guard. You gardening. The whole thing. And that's furs, trapping, the whole nine yards. Well, it depends on how rural you want to go. You want to go Northwoods, rural, uh, cold. It's a lot right. Harder. Or you go down and down in the south and you, you do the whole thing. No, just living off off uh, off the uh, land. You're living yeah, off the, the land. The power, the solar. Right. The solar energy. You got. You raise your food. You have your own water source, which is key, number one, almost. And then you got, and you, you have that lifestyle. All right. And before it's we get, work every day, you got to work. Before we get too off track, that's okay. something. That's something okay. That, that's something that's definitely attractive. Back on track, goddamn it. Something that's definitely attractive. We've been going on for a while here. I know. So in closing I a little bit, I ten minutes of this shit. In in closing a little bit, what oh, can you impart? Up. What can you impart to our listeners? Advice. I always ask people to give advice to the generation. I'm a 25 year old. Give advice to give advice to people that you know you wish you had things you wish you'd known or something like that. Well, the only thing I could say is don't commit yourself to anything you're not going to be happy with, whether it's life or another person. Commit yourself to yourself, your own happiness. Commit yourself to yourself first. Believe in someone, in something. I don't care if it's whatever it is. That's the biggest problem. Nobody has any faith anymore, but whatever. Have faith in God or faith in whatever you're going to have. Live by a set of rules. Be humble, be kind, and live a good life. Because money's not everything. It's, it's, it's good. It's something. It's a lot of something. But it's not... It's not everything. Everything. Trust me, your health and your, your mental mental well-being yeah. is worth a whole lot more. If you can do both, some people are blessed. They get both. But just because you don't get it don't mean you're not blessed. You got to look at what you... Stop looking at what you want and what you got. The people around you and what you can do the rest of your life. Stop rushing. It's not a race. 
It's not a freaking race. It's a marathon. So go easy and enjoy the freaking trip. You only get one trip, so you might as well have a good time. That's right? it. That's it. That's it. All right, and that's it. That is it. We're quite a Thank you. We're quite and, I, and welcome to our show. This has been a production of <laughs> Ilto 8 Podcasts. Uh, this has been Annaland. I want to thank you all for coming along with this journey, on this journey with us today. Toodaloo! I'm sure um, I'm sure we'll have my dad on again. He'll be a, he'll be a reoccurring guest. Um, but I want to thank you all for hanging in, and I hope you enjoyed what we put out there for you today. Uh, okay, bye.